Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Let's go. This is the Chase in the Frame podcast, where we interview people in the TV and film industry, talking about their journey, how they got to where they are today. We do this podcast for the frame chasers. This is for those in the film industry, going hard, let them know who we are. Frame chasers, we're, we're not chasing the fame, no, no. Tell them what we do. Chasing the Frame. This is the Chasing the Frame podcast with your host, John DeMarco. Let's go. What up, Frame Chasers? It's Wednesday, and you already know what it is. A new episode of Chasing the Frame. Today's episode 78, and I have Ronnie Lloyd Nanos with me today. Ronnie is an actor, producer, uh, second unit director, uh, an assistant director, and director. Am I not mistaken? You are correct. Am I missing anything else? It just varies on set, I suppose. I mean, it, but yeah, all of those are, are are correct. I'm excited to grow in the film industry. So yeah, yeah I mean, awesome. Yeah, all those are great. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, before we get into the show, real quick, let me take care of some housekeeping. Fast. You got it. Awesome. First off, we have to thank our affiliate partners, Artlist.io. Honestly, the best music licensing platform for any type of content creator out there. Thousands of new songs every day on unlimited downloads which is always a plus, especially when you're trying to find music for a project that's the hardest part. Artlist.io makes it easy and simple. Guys, if you join today in our description below, you get a year and two extra months are free. So that is Artlist.io, an inspiring music licensing platform created by filmmakers for filmmakers. Second, guys, we have merch for you at teespring.com slash store slash chasing dash the dash frame. <sighs> I know it's a mouthful, guys. Not only are we selling shirts, but we're selling hashtag Frame Chaser Mask for $10. Honestly, it's a comfy cloth mask and super stylish, and you let people know that you're a Frame Chaser on set. Third, guys, check out Production Apparel. We are an affiliate with them as well. They have some awesome t-shirts. You guys should check it out. They have like a Run BNC shirt, you know, and some other funny shirts as well. And then... um Fourth, it's time for asking those donations to the Church of the Frame. Three ways to donate. One, paypal.me slash podcast. That's a one-time donation. Two, Patreon $5 a month membership, which allows you to get early access to audio and visual content a week before it airs. And three, in the description below are links to all the cryptocurrencies, linked to our trust wallet, which are we are using those cryptocurrencies for our future projects. And you can give us whatever whatever you like. Uh, and again, then guys, last but not least, please like our Facebook page as well as subscribe to our YouTube page. So let's get to it, guys. Who's ready to chase frame? So Ronnie, the first question I ask everyone on the show is, where are you from originally? 
I'm originally from Texas. Born and raised in El Paso, Texas, but now I live in Amarillo, Texas. Okay. Uh, I've never been to Texas, actually, so this is very fascinating. <laughs> I, we're, like, I have so many, probably so many questions later on down the road. Is is El Paso known for Mexican food more or barbecue? Because isn't like Texas like a good barbecue and Mexican state, depending on what side of Texas you're in? Well, El Paso is known for its Mexican food. El Paso is right on the border mm-hmm. of Mexico or at the corner of Mexico and New Mexico. And mm-hmm. as much as I've traveled, I can honestly say that El Paso probably has the best Mexican food okay. in the United States. I will Absolutely. I, I will have down. to take you up on that and check out El Paso one day and their Mexican food. Uh, second question I have for you, Ronnie, is what was that movie, TV show, actor, you know, director, whoever it was that inspired you to want to do this? Wow. I guess, gosh. Um, I mean, if I were to pick different directors that I admire or just their style, um, I like directors like David Fincher mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, just that take that kind of artistic take to tell their stories. You know, originally, I'm getting involved in film really for me was uh, just by chance. It was never even actually part of my plans. I mean, yeah. I've always, you know, been a fan of films and loved film. And you know, I'm a, I'm a stage performer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm a stage performer, producer, director, and and um, so yeah. I mean, you know, filmmakers like David Fincher or uh, Guillermo del Toro is another yeah. one who I, I love the type of work they do. Got you. Uh, what's you your know, favorite? It's, it's that, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask, what's your favorite Fincher movie? I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, who doesn't love Fight Club? <laughs> that is a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> Fight Club. And honestly, I mean, and he hates this film. My gosh, I mean, he hates the third alien. It has a thing, but I, you can see the director's eye in it. You can see it comes from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Although they edited not quite to his liking, that was one of his earlier films that he was never proud of. Yeah. You know how it, it, it's final. But I, I do like you know the take that he took on it. It was a little bit different than the first two, which were or which are iconic. Yeah, you know, they taking that chance and making it different. His own signature is on his film. Uh, totally agree. Uh... Even even the production of Alien Three is just insane itself too. Like uh, you know, they originally want a wooden world at one time, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, from what I, I read. I, that, yes, I've read that too. That's correct. Oh my goodness, yeah. I'm one of those alien nerds. Yeah, there's <laughs> all this random alien information. So yes, that is actually that they didn't do that world. And it's funny what I kind of like about it most, you know, besides the that most of the production was done with a lot of practical effects. You know, and you know, there's some things that they had to add, but mm. yeah, the, you know, just cinematically, what he goes for in his films, I, I love it. You know, down to his style in, in Seven. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Seven's so good. N- another great one. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just watched that like yeah. a month ago, I think. Oh, so I good. Watched it, I watched it about a week and a half ago, and I was reading up on Seven that originally they wanted a different ending than the, you know, than the, than the, the head in the box ending. Yeah. I'm like, I'm. I'm sure I'm not spoiling seven for anybody at this point in time. And if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but um, originally, they, they thought that ending would be too controversial. And he stuck to his gun to keep that ending when they gave it to him. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, that's that kind of great ending. One of the best, you know, oh, yes. horror film endings. You're just like, oh, no, that's a, yeah, it's awesome. Great. Yeah. yeah. What was it? Um. Uh, you know, what was, I think Along Came a Spider was supposed to be a sequel to... uh. 
uh, seven at one time or something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is correct. I mean, it, but it's the same character that Morgan Freeman played, if I'm Basically. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like seven a little. <laughs> uh, you know what makes seven really good, too, is like you didn't know Kevin Spacey was in the movie at all until the end. That's right. And That's right. Yeah. And that was what he, I think Kevin Spacey wanted that specifically not to have his name in the title credits at all or anything in the nature anywhere on the thing just to be like, so everyone's to be surprised. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and again, I, I, I enjoy that, especially again, I think having a center as a director that the, the actors and everybody involved in the film were more, you know, were more aware of its kind of artistic integrity and its mm-hmm. viewpoint. And, you know, sometimes, you know, with Hollywood actors, whenever they have their name out there, that's the first thing you're thinking of. And I think sometimes that gets lost in the, um, in the actual telling of the tale because that you're concerned with going, oh my gosh, when's Kevin Spacey going to be on screen? And this way it leads to that, that validity of it being, you know, that validity of it being, you know, a true twist, a true horror. It was great. I loved it. I was surprised when I saw it. I was like, wow. Yeah. Oh. Now I might watch seven tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and again, and it was just filmed, you know, beautifully. It was like nice. And, yeah. yeah. And, and, and good storytelling. It's yeah. Really good storytelling. Uh, the writer of seven wrote that, like, I forgot what, what, wait, he wrote that. And then he wrote, I think it was eight millimeter. Oh, wow. I yeah. That. Yeah. I, I, there's a podcast I listen to. And I always mention on this show, it's called the rewatchables. It's with uh-huh. uh, from the Ringer Podcast Network, and they go over like a lot like films that are rewatchable, obviously. And they talked about seven. Mm-hmm. They talked about finally eight millimeter, uh, and they like they talked about a whole bunch of films. Like, and it's really good. Like, they have really interesting, uh, you know, fun facts and shit like that on the on the podcast. But that's why I found out about the eight millimeter millimeter thing. Awesome! Oh wow! Yeah. See now, I, I love these kind of conversations. Yeah. Now, like, oh, I totally want it. <laughs> <laughs> it is great. Especially again, you, you, you like to go into films that inspire you. Yeah. Especially when you're about to, you know, do a new film or you know, you know pre-production to get ideas, and mm-hmm. uh, that's part of what I like to do. I like to, you know, go back and watch things that I'm like, oh, that, that I remember that piece of that movie. I want that yeah. would work in what I'm trying to do. How can I make that my own? Or have to, you know, again, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, that's the best part of these conversations. I, I I agree, and even like you know, I, I I hate when people go to the movies. I don't know if you're this type of person. I know we're kind of getting to a little tangent, like I told you earlier. It's into this show, but it's it's that's funny. Fine. It's it's funny because like I'm the person that when I go to the movie theater, I don't think of it technically. Like I don't think like oh man, they're doing this and that and this and that. I'm like, right. I, I've I've absorbed more information from just watching it as a spectator and enjoying it and yeah. memorizing things that click into my mind. And mm-hmm. I go, oh wow! I, like, what if I did that and this and like that's memorable instead of me going analyzing every little piece of detail about it. And I, I'll do that maybe on like second or third watch, but I always like to enjoy it first. Right. I think that you know, you, put, you put a really great point there. Then for me, as a person that you know really got into film later in life, mm-hmm. and I just for me within the past five years that I ever was involved in film. And so most of my life, I've watched films from that perspective of my yeah. movies. I like it, and I know I like this thing. And again, I guess the more you get involved in something, you get around it, you do tend to get a little analytical because you know the um, the technical aspects that go into it and everything that goes into making those films. So I, I like having that advantage for me per se when I'm watching stuff. Because 
now as I'm a filmmaker and creating, I remember songs that inspired me and that I liked and, and seeing yeah. them. I never looking back, not knowing how they became them. And, you know, that, that's like that. You don't know why. You look back and like, and you can you can go back and look. I like looking at it from that, that raw perspective like of it. Yeah. Just, am I going to enjoy this? Is this? Yeah, I mean, just we, we forget basic storytelling when we start making it too technical for us. And I just want to go in and watch a good story and be entertained and be taken out. Of hey. my reality for a, you know an hour yep. and a half, two hours, or whatever. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, let's let's go back to you a little bit. So before okay. you got into filmmaking, I was reading on your IMDb yeah. uh, mini bio for a bit. So okay. you were a classic ballet dancer. So how did you get into ballet? Yep. Like how did that how did that come about first? Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, again, it's one of those things that I started living life. I didn't start dancing until I was 19. Oh, wow. Um, which, you know, is late for a lot of dancers. I also, you know, I had, had been hired for my first professional theater show as a big, huge outdoor musical. It was my first professional gig. Mm-hmm. And um, I was hired as a singer after, and, you know, I had some light dance. And, you know, I had done musicals and just some dancing on stage and thinking at that time, yeah, I, but I got involved in that where I went to where part of Texas where I live right now, Amarillo in West Texas. Mm-hmm. And, um, Oddly enough, that area had one of the most renowned ballet masters that had groomed so yeah. many dancers from this area, professional dancers. And I, you, he was known for making male dancers professional for the span of usually about two to three years. That mm-hmm. you know, you're going to class three times a day, <laughs> you're starving, <laughs> and and you know, no money. But some of those things that I learned during the time that work ethic from that ballet was I just again it was. I was hired to do a show that I had a natural facility to move, and mm. I remember going to my first ballet class and feeling like an octopus on crack. <laughs> <laughs> but um, about two and a half years later after that, I thought, see, it's really, I moved to New York City, and I got into a ballet school on scholarship, and within a couple of years after that, I was in companies, and it was just having that base yeah. training, you know, and his name was Neil Hess, yeah. and um, and people that trained under him or were, were kind of known across the country that, oh, you were health trained. And, you know, I'm almost 50 now and I'm, you know, 49 this year, I guess. Uh-huh. But um, I, that training is something that still, that discipline is something that still brings me back to. It, it's still, it's part of everything I still do. Yeah. It, it's just so extremely disciplined. <laughs> and, and um, it, you know, it, it keeps you organized. It, 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 that, having that kind of Training that has built over in my in, in business sense. What I do as a business owner, and um, yeah, I, I will never regret that choice. So I thought at that time, I'm tired of producing dancers. This is the way. This is uh, what I'm doing. And yeah, I think what I would just stuck with those. I would just been in the in the in the, in the four, just you know, you know, guy number two on the left, and would be nothing wrong with those goals, <laughs> you know. But having that extra training and especially something that is so difficult and grueling, <laughs> it, it, it paid off. It, it did, especially yeah. for males. It's, it's, you know, mostly males have to start dancing, especially with ballet, mm-hmm. um, at a young age, usually about 8 o'clock, so they dance in points. It was great to be involved in, a, in an art form that it does glorify the females, and males were there to make them listen. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was taught that at that time. So wait, wait, wait. You said you started... This at nineteen, right? Um, from 
That is correct. So you started at 19, but what made like what made you like? I don't know if you. I I, I might have misheard you. And what did made you go into it though? Like well, you just I woke up I one day. With, I was hired for professional film. Okay, so you were, okay. Sorry, I apologize. And um, in that show, I was hired as that singer and actor. But they had a dance troupe to dance the show, and they all were required to go to ballet class before they did the show gotcha. outdoors in Texas at that. And okay. um, I got pulled into that, and they were like, you know, honestly, they were the kind of highlight and stars of the shows just because of what they did on stage. Everybody gotcha. wanted to be. It was it was so glorified that everybody wanted to be one of those dancers because they needed the difficulty in the work that they put in their dances days were longer than the singers and actors and mm. oh yeah <laughs> and yeah and again it's that limited career you get in there you mm. know it all the other stuff I, I could do later and i got to yeah and so, yeah and then you went to i'm reading again your bio like you did the internship with the stella adler school of acting and I did. Yeah. So is that the same thing you still focus on Adler style performances still? Or do you well, kind of, I mean, have you evolved? Well, in, in, as I've worked with different actors, I mean, you, you know, you go through different theaters. And when I, mean, I was, you know, an a stage actor from ballet where I also, of course, you get your gigs and music at the University of the Lord, but I also was, you know, doing, as some would call it, legit theater. So you, mm-hmm. you're still training in all your. Yeah. Art form. Even when I was going to college and got my degree, it was, but I, I applied for an internship at Adler. I'd already lived in New York and then was in ballet schools. And again, the dancer taught me training, mm. training. So got into that school. And I mean, yeah, now I mean, we could go to all the different areas and go, you know, you know old school Stanislavski and yeah. Meyerhold and Adler and all these things. And I think it's just good to different meetings. I mean, switching into film in the last few years, I've been in class, even when I'm in Vegas, I go to class. Yeah. Because it's a different, it, it, it is completely different, but you do utilize those tools and adjust and transfer them mm-hmm. to film acting. Again, it's, it's, it's different, but the elements are still the same. It's how do you convey those from one media into the other. And yeah. I'm still learning that. I when I'm directing, I do try to make sure that I, w- I like the actors count for my, that performance level. I like strong performances and develop the characters. I do make sure we have a read-through. And as a director, I, I hope and consider myself an actor's director. Because I, I'd like to let them know this is what I want. Mm. This is what we're going for. And, you know, before we're, you know, shooting anything at all, that there's a clear, you know, path to what we're we're trying to tell them the story. I think that's essential for the actors. Yeah. And being an actor, I hope that that translates to me to the actors. And, and no matter what kind of film, whether it's a horror film, or, you know, right now I'm, we're working on some, you know, indie low budget, but that doesn't mean that those things can't be strong. Yeah. And in fact, those things should be strong because if you're low budget, those things don't add to your budget. Talent and, and people working on their craft is really, you know, when they bring that, that, makes a, an okay film to a really a great film or a much better film at least. So, yeah. I uh, believe that. I, I agree with you there. I mean, like, you know, we're all trying to get somewhere and you want to bring your A-game no matter what uh, everywhere, right? Yeah. So if you don't bring your A-game to an indie thing, like you're, you're not just hurting yourself, you're hurting everyone around you. Right. Well, yeah. And also to be able to, to tell you your answer to whatnot, to have that rapport with, mm-hmm. you know, your answer to people that, you know, I like this in a direct way. And, and and sometimes they change their mind on the spot and 
be able to have the skill mindset to be able to do that, yeah. that only comes with training. Again, but you also have that definition like you don't want to come off too harsh and too sandy because it's good salty natural. Yeah. So it's, it's finding that, you know, that, they are symbiotic, but at the same time, you want to make sure it's authentic as well. Yeah. Uh, and going back also, I know you mentioned being in New York, obviously, for a Stella Adler school, you said, uh, saying, like, how, how how long were you in New York for? What Did you like New York at all? Did you not enjoy it? I love New York. Oh, you love New York? I, I love it. Again, you know, primarily when I went to New York, I, I was there as a dancer in my yeah. young 20s, but like, they're not to like. No, but no, it was, yeah, you know, New York was, was, was great. And, yeah. you know, I, I remember, I turned 21 when I was in New York. I remember that. <laughs> and, you know, very momentous periods of my life, I will always remember in New York City. I, whenever I visit the city, I still know it like the back of my hand. Mm. I, I know the city well. It, it's I an easy city. that live out there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really an easy city. I mean, I'm from Jersey originally, yeah. so I, I mean... Ah, I'm, what I, part of Jersey? I'm, I'm from the hometown of Bon Jovi, Central Jersey. Uh, well, Sarahville, New okay. Jersey, which is in Central Jersey. Right. So I'm like, I was I live 20 yeah. minutes from Rutgers, New Brunswick. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and that's yeah, where I went to school, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. very nice. There are parts of the time when I lived in New York sometimes. They mm-hmm. had friends, or I remember there was a period I lived just across the river in, in Hoboken and Jersey oh, yes. City. So. Yeah, yeah, Hoboken's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was cheaper, too, I remember. Uh, Hoboken's a little cheaper, but Hoboken's still yeah. expensive. Like, I remember one time right. my, my cousin, she was living with two other people, and they're still spending like 3000 almost 4000 a month in rent or some shit like that. Wow. And I was I like, remember yeah. <laughs> when I moved to New York, this was kind of date me. When I first moved to New York, it was in 1993. And Mm. My apartment, my, yeah. my, I had a two-bedroom apartment on, really got on Times Square, I was on 47th between mm. 6th and 7th. And um, I remember that time, this, you know, now it's a good silent shape. My apartment was $1,400 in wow. 1993. Holy moly. <laughs> the, so that's 27, wow. 28 years ago. Holy, wow. wow. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I just said that out loud. Oh, <laughs> well, I it, it it's crazy too. Like I've heard people have rent control apartments or whatever, where it was like mm-hmm. just the like. So I think I knew a guy who said like they knew someone who had a six hundred fifty dollars apartment, but it was like a huge loft, like at, for six fifty because right. their grandma owned it or something like that. It was something crazy. I was like, what the what the fuck? Wow! For six fifty, you get you get a crawl space. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. If you're lucky. Yeah. If you're lucky. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I remember back then I had roommates. They had a two bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. And every now and then you kind of well, we had this living room space for the food and you would sublease out that yeah. with other assets. People coming to town, whatever you could just pay your rent. Yeah, it's like the it's like early <laughs> real estate. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> what was your um, what was your favorite? Uh, broad, did, you have, did you go to a lot of Broadway shows when you were in New York? If, if I did. Yeah, what was your favorite one? Wow. My favorite Broadway show. I mean, I, I've seen several, and I've seen several since I lived in the city. Yeah. And I would go back in time, and, you know, I got to see some shows when it was, like, their first run. They're iconic. They're great. I mean, I remember seeing Angels in, in America. Okay. Both parts on Broadway. Nice. And, you know, it's a great play. You know, legit theater. But I also remember seeing, you know, I didn't go but or not easy, just you know, kind of touristy, but great. I just all missed my gone there. I remember the Blood Brothers with the Cassidy. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that, and I can see I have done my favorite. I mean, I like different shows. I remember seeing 
years later, not when I lived there, one of the best shows I saw was The Boy from Oz, and it had Hugh Jackman in it. And he was, he was phenomenal on stage. Yeah. He's fantastic on stage. Interesting. And I've seen Rins, I've seen all those things, you see yeah. all the things you're supposed to see. And well, yeah, some of those, you remember seeing the first, you know, run of Angels in America? Yeah. And um, Cats was still playing back in those days. And gosh, as a dancer, you get to be in one of my least favorite shows, honestly. Uh-huh. But as a dancer, you have to do it a few times in your life. I've done it twice in my lifetime. <laughs> and never again. I mean, I'm not retired now. But, um, but um, yeah, I, Boy from Oz, Angels in America, that was kind of, kind of. Yeah, those stand out. Yeah, I I read that book in uh, college. I remember that freshman year of college, you read Angels in America. Wow. Yeah, that that was about. Yeah, yeah that was about a handful. Of, uh, hold on, if I'm gonna date, I'm gonna date myself now. I'm uh, obviously. Right. Uh, what was it? 2021, 2012, 2013. No, 2000. No, wait. When was? 2008. I graduated. 2009. 2000. Yeah, 2009. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2009. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember when I graduated college for a second, and I got confused with my dates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it played on Broadway, but it's been in the 90s. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite my favorite has to be Family Opera. I, oh, I love that. I, I, I saw that, and I, I was really upset with Wicket, by the way. Like, I saw Wicket, and I read Wicket. Like, right. And I, I read the book, and then, like, a handful of years later, I finally saw Wicket on Broadway, and I was like, the book is a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first. Think, yeah, it got. I think it got so hyped. I, I love it. It's yeah, it is my my super favorite. No, I, I like it. I, I thought it was. You know, it, yeah, it was all right. I mean, but right. I think it was overhyped. Yeah. I think it was totally overhyped. Right. Yeah, I, I was very upset yeah. when I left. I was like, my mom, like, did you like it? I'm like, no, actually, I, sadly, yeah. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. My thing is with like some shows. Again, this is not taken away from you know the glory that Wicked has had. Yeah, I think some of the shows that you look back and like, I like a lot of shows that change kind of like the, the, the shape of where theater went. Mm-hmm. Again, like Rent's not my favorite show. Yeah, but at the time it did change the landscape of theater. It did. Mm. Phantom of the Opera did that as well. Yeah, I mean these are shows that like this really changed where Broadway and live theater went and. I mean, Wicked just kind of I think, fit into that formula that this is what worked, and it was great. It was yeah. Great, but it, I don't think it changed anything, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I mean, other people may have a completely different opinion. <laughs> I don't want to get <laughs> Facebook messages because I'm like, I didn't glorify Wicked. For yeah. If I, <laughs> if I get some uh, hate messages from you about Wicked, if, from me about Wicked on this episode, I'm just going to forward them to you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> You're welcome. Awesome. I, I, I can take it. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I can take it. It'll be fun. So, so when you're in, after New York, you are uh, you. Hmm. What happens after New York? So, where, where do New you head to Vegas, or do you go back to Texas? Oh no! After New York, again, after I was in the nineties, I did a little stint in um, uh, San Francisco for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, kind of. I, I was one of those people that after New York decided I was living some life, and you know, sometimes you're, you're an artist and performing, sometimes you're not. But I went to San Francisco, um, did a few things there. Yeah. Then I went back home to El Paso where I grew up, and you know, yeah. kind of like you know, do my mid twenties, fun, crazy living life things, and 
worked as a, a bartender and, you know, yeah. made some money to help myself, you know, in New York, San Francisco. And then from there, I went and I finished my, I decided to go to, you know, finish my degree, which mm-hmm. is where I actually had started my ballet training in yeah. Amarillo Canyon area. So I went back. This is my later 20s at that time. I'm getting ready to hit 30 at that time and started to train again and um, finished my degree and decided to go into like professionals, like theater and touring shows. And I got to, you know, that, that segue was like, okay, do you know, I did Catholic at the time, did a few touring shows, did a Christmas carol. And, you know, those things that you're finding yourself, where do I fit in in this world? I want these, this time left if I can still dance and you know, I mean, get those jobs and yeah. figure it out and just, you know, you do that to be around other professional artists and performers, too. Mm-hmm. And at that time, too, kind of, you know, well, I was doing that and using that money. I, you know, yeah. this is like early 2000s and started a business and, you know, kind of a bar. I've owned a bar for 17 years. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that, that my muggle job helped me, you know, do the other things I do. And I, at that time, I did a few shows and I just took a break. And I was like, yeah. oh, I've had my professional career. My early 30s, but that was it. I was content and having a business, and oh, I'll do a little project here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, thought that would be. I really thought that was it. I had that early kind of period. Took, took a long break just to yeah. run a business and do like little local stuff with local artists. Two questions for you. One, uh, first one is basically like being a traveling artist at the time, you know, being uh, going from New York, San Francisco, all over, kind of right. doing all those things. What is like the the atmosphere, I guess, in the sense of like the theaters there? Like, is it different? Is it all the same? Like, uh, you know, like the um, yeah, I guess atmosphere is the best word I can think of right now. Um, but like, what is it like? I guess is it like are they totally like different? cultures in a sense of that nature is it a different like uh are they the same people like you know i mean same type of people well, you know i mean you know I'm, I'm, I, I can't think of the word I it's like I, yeah i think sometimes when you're a traveling performer and, and taking gigs and you know whether you're in new york or new york you go to new york you take gigs that are outside of the city because mm. you know, that's they have auditions for everything there or even i don't know being like that kind of but the world is a, a little transient so you're always mixing and working with people from all over the world or all over the country. So I guess you get used to that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's a great thing because you do learn about some of the other parts of the country that you're not from. And that's, that would have to be attraction to being to doing that. I, mean, I worked in places like Lancaster, Pennsylvania mm-hmm. doing so, you know, having a show that stayed there for a couple months and they have a professor called the Duck Apple and this is Amish country. Yeah, oh boy. I got to see my first buggy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and the food was great. <laughs> but I mean, and then other parts of down in Florida in, in the winter, especially Florida, is huge with their dinner theaters, and they have a lot of work for for you know your people that are whether they're um, union or non-union down yeah. there. And uh, so yeah, it's just a lot of work in different places, but you're getting people you know from all over in in the, in the theater community, especially like I mean, I would go even based in Texas, sending back to Texas. And going back into working again, I would go to big cattle call auditions that were national, like SETC, which is the Southern Eastern, Southeastern Theater Conference, or mm-hmm. Wagon Wheel, or UPSA, which is the United Professional Theater Association, where you have 60 to 70 companies auditioning, and you show up, you have your, your monologues and your, and your song, and you do dance combinations in front of all these companies, and 
they invite you for their callbacks, and you know, you're yeah, you know, sometimes you get 10, 12, sometimes you get one, two, it just depends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did that circuit, and it's always a transient thing. Is again, for me at that time, I this was probably in my mid 30s, and I was still getting hired, yeah, to dance, and uh, <laughs> I decided, oh, you know, again, <laughs> yeah, that's when I kind of took that break. I thought, that's it, I didn't want to. Yeah. The you know the dancer guy with the twenty year old and having to compete with that. I mean, it's great to get those gigs, but I, thought, uh, I I didn't know. I, I thought that was it. Like, oh, well, this is all like where I am with this, and this is yeah. I mean, I guess sometimes with the company's dance still, but again, I I really thought it was that was done right around my mid thirties. Like, yeah, I've had my career. You know, it's that dancer mentality, and again, how having this kind of like later story has been. Things are fine, but really great. I'm excited. I'm happy. I said I took, took seven years off yeah. to run a business and do my stuff here. And and that was my that was gonna be my second question about your business. Like what like how like how nerve wracking is that being a a business owner, especially in the bar in, industry? Because like isn't that like a very like it's a hard it's a hard industry to to do. Like is it a how so many questions? I feel like because I watched so much bar rescue. <laughs> well, that- there, there, there's a lot again it like any business it's, it's difficult um yeah. i think people glamorize and think it's if you're it, it's exciting and this and it's a party you know it's, it's different when you're working in as you know as an employee as opposed yeah. to you know, managing or owning and yeah it, you know it, it's not just pouring drinks but you know you have to have a business actually and no mm. you know what your vibe is i've had people that have asked me in the past you know you know if i were if, you know that have wanted to open bars and they asked me what my best advice is for that. And the only thing I can actually say is open a bar or a place that mm-hmm. you would want to go to. This is a place you would want to hang out yeah. every day. This is your, your hangout place. Like I said, I'm just that basic cool dive bar. Yeah. And that's where I would hang out. That local, that, that cool local dive bar you want to go to. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to go to that. <laughs> Everybody that is going to this cool diverse set. I don't do any kind of things. I'm like, but cheap drinks and, and cool people. That to me is the kind of place I wanted. And that gotcha. my advice to people is find something that's for you. If you want it to be this thing, then you do that. That's you. Make it someplace you want to be at. Yeah. And that's that the best advice I could give on that. That's good advice. Um, so then, how you took this break, but how did you end up, then you end up in Vegas next? Well, again, for me, even to get back into doing any kind of work, mm. um, professionally, even in, enter- in entertainment at all, um, probably about 2014, mm. um, my dad passed away. So, yeah, it was one of those kind of life-changing things, you know. I come from that, especially as a, as a, as a male, you know, and I said, I don't want anyone to pass me because I'm like, <laughs> I can still glorify being a male. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, it was that, just that connection. And, and, you know, my dad was, you know, his, his, his my dad was top. Mm-hmm. My whole family and his, we were all law enforcement. And uh, for many years, we were adversarial. And, um, you know, just the life choices and the career paths that I had chosen. Mm. You know, I didn't, didn't, didn't think it was going to be anything that, you know, that had longevity or, you know, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. And my degrees in, in dance and I went a bar. And again, I, but one of the things before my, my dad passed, he came out and 
hung out with my business. I actually had to have surgery like a year before he passed away. He came in. Mm-hmm. It was one of those neat things for me as a, as a man to be like to show that I was self-sufficient. I put myself to school. Yeah. have this career. And he, and I was still able to support myself. I, my business did well. I was able to pay it off in seven years of my building and everything. It's paid for it. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's nice. It was that, that feeling of, I don't know. Is it seeking that approval? But I, I, I think I was. I wanted that approval. So when yeah. I passed away, it was kind of a, a big deal. And I just, my bar and stuff had been paid off. My house had been paid off by that time. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I just wanted to, you know, as you get older in life, you just kind of figure out, I want to do things again to make myself happy and yeah. do the things that I think I'm here to do and meant to do. So getting involved in entertainment was just at that point it kind of moved really fast right? I'm going to Vegas anyway times a year just go to Vegas and do those those fun Vegas things you do and um, well, I'll turn out there again but it was directing the show on the Las Vegas trip and then I first went to my first audition in years in Las Vegas and I got a call back I auditioned for Rock of Ages at um at that time I was at the plus show on the strip what was that called? called um, uh, Rock of Ages. Oh, Rock of Ages. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Rock of Ages, and um, I got called back, and I and I was stoked. I hadn't done it in so long, and and at that time, I was offered to choreograph the show Evil Dead the Musical, which was on the strip. It had been playing on the strip at Planet Hollywood for a few years, and mm. I knew the director. I went to lunch with his wife, and just in conversation, I, was, I hadn't seen the show, and I was like, no, I. I think I could re-choreograph your entire style. I think it's a little, I think I can make it stronger. Yeah. You know, just in jazz, I'm like, you can let me choreograph. I think you really want to? And it just kind of fell in place that way. And I came in for like three weeks to read through an entire show while it was still playing on stage. The reason that the actors on their days often wasn't any numbers that they were learning while they were trying to unlearn those numbers at the same time in, in three weeks. Oh, wow. Holy moly. That's did t- that. And at that time, I was coming and visiting about every month just to go and clean up and see them and kind of mm. give them notes. And I, was, I decided to audition for another show, Sword of Blind, which was at the now defunct Onyx Theater. There's a director there I wanted to work with. Mm. And I was cast as, you know, one of the lead characters. And so I was, yeah, I decided to go to Vegas for a couple months. And while I was doing Sword of Lies, my producer from Evil Dead, going to us all in and giving us as a choreographer, um, was producing a film, and this is how I got involved in film called *The Immortal Wars*, directed by Joe Lujan. Oh, okay. And they had already auditioned and had done it, but they were doing their reading, and some of the actors were missing. Yeah. And then so you know, they're like, "Hey, do you want to come in and be part of the reading?" And so listening, we just read the film, and mm. I guess they liked me, <laughs> and um, I got to play, you know, one of the minor roles, and I was also Eric Roberts' body double, so I was hired for, like, three days of the shoot, three or four days. Oh, nice. So the, the first two, um, had never been involved in film before that, it just happened. Yeah. And, yeah, and that, that was my first film, The Immortal Wars, directed by Joe Lujan. Uh-huh. And it's from there, you're watching things, and I have that business sense, and that dancer sense, that this is a, you're watching films, I mean, you're just an actor mm-hmm. in a film. You don't know all the other things that go in it. You wonder, why is this slow moving? I remember I was talking about, how come this takes so long? What mm. can I do to help? What can I do to, to 
what's too much sitting around? You think those things. Yeah. You don't understand why. Yeah. And I've learned since, but I, I, I wanted to learn. I was what can I do? What can I do to help this? There's a lot of sitting around, and I know people again, and I thought those things. I never from an honest place, so mm. I, I think that helps me when I'm now as when I'm directing a producer that hey, to make sure that they're hearing the time we use is, is lucrative and essential and. They and, and you communicate with them, and that's they weren't communicating at all with us. Some they were, but I didn't know the things. I just kind of threw myself in, and it's just one film leads to another. When you get yeah. cast in a role, and you know you're asking them to the film, do you have you ever been a script I haven't. No, I blurred him. Yeah, the first film I did as a script, I, I did it for free because I was learning a craft. And mm. after that, I'd... I haven't had any unpaid work. In a film, whether it's crew or whatnot, or, and you learn how to audition. And I did, just started going to class and basically spending half of my year in Vegas and half in Texas. I that could do that with my business. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it just, it just all came all together. And here we are. Then I became a live performer, stage performer again as a male burlesque performer at the time, brought my dancing, which was that came in play as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, these new identities again. Here, here I am in my at that time in my in my forties. Going here we go. What are we going to do now? <laughs> oh, wow, that was a mouthful. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. No worries. I wanted to ask you also, like, well, I think you kind of answered my question. It was like, what was it like being on that first film set? Uh, like, you know, were you like, is it was it a different beast for you? But you kind of answered that question for me. So that that question's out the window, kind of. Oh, sorry. It's okay. No, no, it's fine. Um, I, it, hey, it's one last question to ask you. Uh, but second was, what was it like being a script supervisor? Like, what, how did you like doing that? What was you know, what did you did you enjoy it? Did you not like? Did were you like? I loved it. Yeah, I, I loved it. It, it helped me. It helped because you're, you're there for every shot, you're documenting the shots. You're also mm-hmm. interested in learning about continuity. Just you're learning the nuts and bolts. Yeah, you know, in that position to go into film. So I love that. I love knowing how these things are made, and I love organizing that and working with the people that do that. Yeah, and you have a strong crew. Of, you know, when you have a, like the, your your first AD and your second AD. I learned how to do policy. So I learned these things on set. You know, a lot of people do it themselves, but I'm still learning every day when I'm mm-hmm. on set. Yeah. Going, oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's you know, and I think that's helpful. Again, I came from a, a I think a very fortunate and lucky place. Not have gone to film school. Mine is all you know theater training and having that want and need and being organized. I, I and I think that helps being older. I don't think I would have learned in the same way when I was younger. Yeah. I think you know being a business guy and getting these things. I I loved it. I loved learning these things, learning these skills and. And I was like, wow, this is going to be beneficial every time I'm on the set. And immediately after that film, it wasn't, we had finished that film. And a month later, I was hired to be the script supervisor. And I became the second AD. And then first AD on that same set. And I ended up directing my first scene on my next film right after that. I mean, that was my first. Second film I was on a crew, mm-hmm. I, was, I got to direct scenes because the lead actor who was the director was in those scenes. So I... Off the cuff, I had to direct scenes, and at that time, I, you know, I didn't, you know, know yeah. anything about streaming. You think you learn these things, you yeah. again, and I hope to get better every single time. And you know, yeah, talking yeah. to your DPs about, it, yeah, it, it's just again, it's, it's learning these things, and never being afraid to ask those questions. Volunteering for those jobs, but again, I think as I'm that actor or performer, there's also like I love 
got on to the, the production signs of it all. I, mm-hmm. I honestly think I prefer that as long as much as I've been a performer in my life. Mm-hmm. I do like, I like, you know, being on crew. I love, I love directing. I love producing. I love yeah. first, second, and those jobs I think are essential in getting, you know, the project well run. We, we've all been on set there. Some are, mm-hmm. are smoother than others and run, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even, even I was going to ask you to another question. I want to ask you too, is, you know, directing your first scenes for, for film, for, for yeah. that, the medium is probably a, a total different beast than what you're used to. Obviously, like you said, you're framing and all that stuff. Like what, right. what was that? Like what went through your head when you did that? Like, what were you thinking? Like how was it like, just were you scatterbrained? Were you like focusing well, on one I, I, thing? I, I, like, I was, I was scared. I was scared shitless. Yeah. <laughs> these first things I had to direct were at nighttime, mm-hmm. and some of them were in water. People walking in water on a riverbed. Oh at man, night. that so sounds like a tough one. <laughs> yeah, but, um, sure. That's in and, 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 and a serious film about um, immigrants coming across the border. You know, it was like wow. Um, so. It, 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 again, it's that kind of sink or swim kind of mentality. You yeah. use the skills that you know as a director. And I, I directed theater. I've directed lots of theater. Yeah. So you kind of go from that perspective, and you're looking over the shoulder at you know a monitor, going, hey, so "How does that look?" And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, in, in hindsight, yeah, I think I know a lot more now, yeah. <laughs> and have having worked with different filmmakers and with editors, and you know, just finding at that time I. I think it just is, okay, they have me here. I, I, I'm going to do the, the utmost best that I can. And I came out, you know, in my opinion, okay. Yeah. I thought, you know, and it was a great script. That kind of helped. I think as a filmmaker, it, it, you know, it, it's not a bad start for me personally, but I, mm. you know, definitely, you know, <laughs> one of those, I, you, it's that self-challenging. I don't, I think we, it's good for us to compete with ourselves. Yeah, we so do. I can do better than this. I, I want to do it better. I want to make sure I'm doing this well. If I'm going to do this, I want to do it. Yeah. And from the work I did in that film, that producer offered me my first film to direct. Wow. And that's, yeah, because of the work I did in that film. And offered me, he had the script ready. Mm-hmm. And and even at this, when I received the script, <laughs> I actually got a hold of the writer's room or something. And do the stuff I want to do to see mm. how how I saw, I saw this film. Yeah, and I met with the writer in LA about three four times and got his approval to make some changes and and it, this that my my first film probably took about about a year's worth of work to prepare it before we actually filmed it. So I, it was nice to have that. Yeah, but learning this during that time I was working on other films though too and yeah, and, and so learning those things I had so many. That's the great thing again about the Vegas film community. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, so many people have loved this shout out for them. Before when I was given this film, I got to be in a couple other films. But even with the directors and those responsible the DPs in those films, mm-hmm. they would I was invited on set to shadow them. Yeah, learn from them. Offered, and that was really the best thing. Then you know, like Michael Sue is one of the mm-hmm. directors and DPs out there. You know, so many people out there have been so, so kind. Yeah. To give me those chances and opportunities to learn and, you know. Yeah. And and that's great. Be on those sets. 
that, yeah. that's awesome. And we'll we'll talk about the film community a little bit more uh, in the second half of the show. But okay. but um, what was I wanted to ask you too as as a first time when you're directing those first scenes because I know I've done this before and I know a lot of people have done this before where they are directing but they're not looking at the monitor really they're looking at the actual overall scene. Were you are you guilty uh-huh. of that? Were you guilty of that at all? I think I was with that first one. That yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't, you know, because, I mean, I, I, you need to look at the monitor because I've been on other sets of family, you're still looking at the monitor. Mm. By the time, and did I think that happened in that one because I wasn't there for the initial part of setting up the shot and yeah. making a shot list and planning those shots. It was just kind of winging it. Mm. By the time I got to direct my own film, my, you know, the first time I got to actually be the director, I had to, you know, I, I was really fortunate that my producers, you know, a plus. Just hopefully, uh, just you're getting the first. You're getting the first. Yeah, I was gonna say we have been picked up. I, I haven't told anybody yet. Well, I'm allowed to. I did ask. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say this on the podcast? Uh, uh, and it's been picked up for 
site of the editor and will be released later this year. Um, and um, we're looking to, to narrate or screen it hopefully in the next couple of months. We originally wanted to do it in December before, mm-hmm. you know, that was the original plan. So yeah. we're looking at possibly April, you know, just depending on, on the state of the world at that time to have oh. a live screen in Las Vegas. Fingers crossed that you get to do that in April. Uh, so. And fun fact, too, that possibly this is going to be out in July, I think, your episode. June or July. Don't quote me on the uh-huh. month. Um, I just know it's one of those two months, I think, right now. Because I, I did my calendar of like who's out and what week and stuff like that. I think I'm up to June right now. But if it's out in June, hopefully the movie's out. And we get to see it. I hope so. So I'm going to put my fingers crossed yeah. for that, too. So just a heads up uh, there. And even though- with that today they released, I did they offered me my second film to direct and oh, wow. that's it. And that actually happened in the last couple of weeks and we'll be filming in Las Vegas. Um and the end of August, beginning of September. Very nice. You know, and so and yeah, there was a, a new film called Death Club. It's my it'll be my first, you know, great horror film. Cool. So I've been working with the writer and Anna mm-hmm. and the past week. So we are going to have that filming at the end of the summer and probably going to audition that late spring, early summer in the Vegas area. So we're going to start releasing that information within the next week. It did their first season was released today, actually. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> Congrats on that. Again, I'm, I'm very lucky. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I like to ask this question a lot of uh, people that, you know, when they direct and stuff like that about their movies, I always like to ask, what was your best day on set and what was your worst day on set? Oh, wow. Wow. Um, there were some really great days. I mean, you know, we did the whole shoot in yeah, 11 days. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, 11 days. I, God, there was a lot of really, really awesome days. Also, you know, we, we filmed in the Wallapai Mountains. Oh, that's so, beautiful, I mean, yeah. Those, those some of the days. So what was kind of cool at that time is that both of us in the crew and the, you know, and the production staff, we stayed in an Airbnb in the mountains, which is actually was our, our set. Our mm-hmm. location was the cabin. So, you know, I mean, we had great days where, you know, we got to bring in a solicitor Rose, you know, a sleepaway camp, was, mm-hmm. you know, a named actor. And she was great to work with. I mean, that was another highlight is working with somebody that I remember watching as a kid. Yeah. You know, and one of my, all, you know, one of the coolest, you know, cult horror films of, you know, of all time. It was like, yay, that. Surprise yeah. ending, you know, <laughs> who could ever forget that? And so I was, you know, already a fan. Yeah. So that was great. And I, I, I hate to put it say, I think the best day would have been filming, would have been the last day. Mm-hmm. Why, the, why the last day? Finally, yeah. Well, because you get to that point and you finally, again, this is my first film, and, you know, I didn't, I had those, you know, you have those doubts and, Am I going to be able to do this? Is a lot of work. Can I do this? And mm-hmm. and when you finally hit it, and you did it on time, and you feel like you did a, 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 a an adequate or good job, or yeah, the, you hit that goal. It's something you had, didn't know how it was going to feel in that release. Of, it came together. It happened. But, you know, mm-hmm. especially that pressure of I hired that crew and everything, and you know, you don't you don't know until you're there. And, yeah. By the time we were in that last day, it, it was that, that great feeling of we were, we were here, we made it. Mm. And that, you know, they did a little video 
I know I was exhausted. I was so exhausted. I was exhausted. I'm probably grumpy for the next three or four days. So that's what mom is Yeah. <laughs> you, you lose a lot of sleep. <laughs> but you, you gain you it back saw. right after. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you saw them. I mean, you know, there's days. I mean, you know, I have a younger crew and different people. I mean, you know, there's, I don't know, there's bad days that sometimes, you know, I need to do a little brush because you got to move and, you know, some, you know, may not always be the, the smoothest. And <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you're just abrupt and, you know, you know. Most of the personalities got along great, but again, you know, sometimes you feel like, God, yeah. did they think I was being abrupt or, 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 or short with them? And you don't mean to be. It's just, you know, part of it, you're moving. And, yeah. you know, I, I think everything's been fine since then. I've got communication <laughs> with every person I've been on. We're all still friends, but, you know, it's probably me apologize. Like, hey, if, if, I, if I got on you that day, I'm, I'm really sorry. I was, I was you know. <laughs> those personal things. I think that's what all it is. Yeah. After that time, they tired and your your butt's on the wall. <laughs> like, okay, but I mean nothing bad. I mean, you know, one time I can, you know, there was a couple of our um, crew was feeding mm. past one of the neighborhoods, and one of the neighbors came in and, and got mad about that. I'm like, well, you know, you had to get on the crew. You don't want to do things yeah. like that, but you you have to. Yeah. And that's one of the bad things is you don't you don't want to be that guy. But, yeah, you know you have to be sometimes. Well, so that's 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 the worst thing that happened. Yeah, then I think we did alright. Well, that's good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, like worst. I mean, worst. day also means like the toughest day too. You had like if uh, it was a hard scene to do or something like that. That's oh, that's what I mean as well too. Well, there, there was, of course. It, I mean, there were some times that were difficult things that were hard because it was February out in the mountains, and yeah. some of those things were done outdoors. It's so a little it was cold. cold. <laughs> yeah, it was cold. So you know, always not making sure that actors and tech and people aren't getting sick. So you have to be, you know, got to be quick and, and organized. Yeah. Because you don't want to keep people out in that in that cold for hours. Yeah, definitely. So those were some challenges sometimes. You know, you know, you have you know, especially if you're in late at night or early morning, mm-hmm. you get you know what you want out of that when you're doing those you know outdoor stuff and outdoor scenes that it was cold and you know <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I think a few people kind of a, a cold. <laughs> At that time, you know, yeah. or sniffly, and, and and then when you're laughing, it's like trying to keep your health up so you don't catch a cold or get sick. I did not get sick. That was a good thing, but you know, it's just things like that. Those small headaches that you deal with when mm-hmm. you're on any set. You know, sometimes you know Mother Nature and the weather isn't cooperating. So what do you do about it? You keep, you gotta keep going. You gotta, yeah. And those are hard. I think on, on any. Yeah, it was it was cold. It was it was it could have been colder. It could have been a lot warmer. Yeah. But, but it was cold. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those would be the hardest, I think. Yeah, and the cold also makes you super fucking tired too. That that's the yeah. worst. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, I I I, I worked the four a.m. shift uh, for work, uh-huh. and I have to be out in the cold for like fifteen minutes. But I'm so cold that when I get in the warm car, I'm just passed out for like a good you know twenty minutes or so. I'm like, whoa. I'm just, oh, yeah. I'm just exhausted from the whole right. day. Well, well, again, and I've been on sets as an, as an actor too, where you're there and it and it's cold, and mm-hmm. you're like, "What do you do to keep warm?" And oftentimes, when you, depending on what your wardrobe is, or if you're playing a, a scene where you're kind of some kind of creature, whatnot, I did a film where I was a zombie and get all this blood and stuff on like, so you can't really put a, a coat or a jacket yeah. on or, or mess up your makeup or anything. You just have to stand there and be cold. And yeah, I mean, I've been in those positions too, and. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> I moved here for the warmth, not the cold. Like that's, that's... <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. So I even I filmed. Um, there was a someone did with the the hall. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, the uh, Attack of the Unknown. Yeah, yeah. And the couple of days I was filming in in L.A. for that film, it mm. was cold in L.A. It really? Freezing at that time. It would have been, I think, probably February of that year as well. So it, it was it was February of 2019. We filmed that. It was freezing, but it was exciting to be there. Yeah. Again, you can get those things in, in you know, you get those days that are extremely hot in, mm. in Las Vegas. Then they did another film called Space Captain and then Calista out there. Yeah. We filmed that late summer. You know, or, you know, it would have been the first or second week of August, end of July, August, and in, in Boulder City, which, you know, Boulder City and, and in, in Las Vegas as well. And it's not, it's not cold at that time. <laughs> not at all. It's quite warm. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, that's just, again, those are some of the extremes. Yeah. Our next film we're filming at the end of August, beginning of September in Vegas. <laughs> and so, Fingers crossed, it's decent. And I mean, that's kind of—I mean, that's crazy too. Because isn't that like monsoon season, though? Like, I'm not trying to like be a downer on your parade right. here. No, <laughs> right. Trying but, to be... For this film, that might actually work. Most of it is, it is interior shots, but that sound and sound and maybe some of the if it is monsoon, we can get some torrential rain for some shots. That yeah. might actually work. So we'll see. We'll, well see. It might. Work yeah. to our advantage. If, if they're not there, it'll still work. Okay. Yeah. But you, well, know, you kind of think of if this happens, what do we do? Yeah. You know? Very true. So. Uh, what other projects, anything else that you're working on this year that you're you're excited mm-hmm. about? I've been actually working with um, there's a whole web series being filmed out there of a director's friend that's called Mom Squad, but I've actually been working as they've been filming it, mm-hmm. but I'm a voiceover role. In oh. this so I've gotten, I've been able to do my work remotely from here. Nice. Send me the script, and I, I send my readings and send them what you know what they ask me for, and it, it, it's actually a really fun. Role. It's about a, it's a, this, this story is about a, a mom who was a secret agent in one time in life, you know, gave it up to have kids mm-hmm. and whatnot. So now she's kind of a, a middle-aged woman, or you know, a, yeah. a woman of a certain age that goes back into the business and the hijinks that it brings in. But I'm a talking watch that is given to her that kind of think of um, Charlie and Charlie's Angels, but a little okay. bit more of a yeah, kind of a more Rubicon, for lack of better words, sassy. <laughs> and it, it, it was crazy. The director, I worked with her and a few of the people in it in, in, in 48 hour films and, and met her in acting classes out there we take with them mm-hmm. um, screen actor systems out there we would take class though yeah but um, the day we talked about I have a role I think I would love to have you and I don't know, why don't you take it some voice of a role but I think you this would be great for you like <laughs> and when she told me about it I was all in I was like a lot of fun she sent me you know small snippets of this script mm. And it's my first voiceover role. Nice, congratulations! And, um, I, yeah, well, it was it was it's out of the blue, and again, especially this last year, you know, with with twenty twenty, yeah, it was nice to get some work. Yeah, yeah. it was nice to get some, to get to do some stuff instead of just being holed up in my house in Texas. Not you know, I, you know, most of the you know five months of the year last time my business was closed out here as well, and I wasn't allowed to open. Yeah. 
So having these artistic endeavors, you know, from Ring and Desire, the post-production, and these small projects coming up, and, you know, a few Zoom, you know, meetings and, and, and Zoom projects that were filmed, oh. I'm very thankful for that. And, and having kept in contact with, you know, a lot of my biggest friends and community out there, mm. you know, and I actually, you know, most of the time prior to 2020, I was in Vegas about half the year equally as I was in Texas, and it didn't yeah. work out that way in 2020. I was there up to March, and then, you know, February and March, and then um, didn't get to go back until for a week late in November, and, and I still have an apartment out there, mm-hmm. but it's, which is beneficial and great for the project coming up this year. I'm gonna Always a plus. I'm going to make it sit down next month. Nice. For about a week. Just to, I have a couple things and start location scouting. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know. So. And, oh. You continue. I'm sorry. I started to cut you off. That's okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear the question. Oh, I, I, I just stopped when I heard. I, I said so when I heard you say something. I was like, oh, shit. It's not, it's not no, finished. You're, no, you're fine. No, no, no. I'm like, yeah. Uh, I'll uh, be out there. Location scouting. Yeah. And, Kind of see some of my burlesque friends performing at that time. I started out as of February first. The burlesque community just started to do some of their booking. So, oh nice. Hopefully, everyone's starting to do it safely. I love seeing entertainment coming. You know, people are filming right now, and gonna you know, and some live entertainment coming back slowly. Yeah. So, hopefully, again, that's I'm excited for that aspect. I, I've, I've I've missed it. Yeah, it, I've missed I've it, missed it. I I totally get it, man. Like you know. It's crazy because like people are gonna start lo- like there's not enough co- like there wasn't enough content made in the last year it feels like or everything got pushed back yeah. further and further and people are like like it's crazy the independent artist is now like I think realizing that there's a lot of chances to take because there's right. so much stuff that's gonna be pushed back again like look right. at, like Black Widow or like the mainstream movies yeah. I'm talking about but like you know now we now is the chance right. for us to do something and. Right. Get it out there, and hopefully people see it now. Exactly. Well, yeah. it's been across the board. So many things that you yeah. know, it affected all the entertainment industries all across the board. So these huge budget films. Again, it we're still, you know, in that wonderment of where it's going to go to next. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, you have studios like Warner Brothers that are going to put all their stuff on streaming platforms, and I, I, I wonder how this is going to change the the, the film and television vision community. I don't think we know yet. Exactly where it's going to be next. So there are a lot of new platforms, and hopefully it's lucrative. I hope you know. I, I hope to see it all come back. But I, you know, I, I know we all are gonna. I, I do long for being able to go to that, you know, that experience at the movie theater. Yeah. Oh my god, you don't understand. I, mean, I miss yeah. it so much. I'm yeah. having withdrawals. And, <laughs> yeah, me too. I, mean, I was one of those people. I had my my AMC A list. Yeah. Oh my. I don't. Yeah. Well, I them all the time. I I miss. Just being able to yeah. do that. Me, me and it's my fiance. So long. Me and my fiance love Regal movie theaters just because of the popcorn. Because we right? like that's the <laughs> like we we hands down like have 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 come to the conclusion that Regal popcorn is the best popcorn. I, I agree with you. Thank All right, you thank thank popcorn. you. You know, that's three people Absolutely. now that I know. <laughs> that's three people. Absolutely, like, <laughs> they, they, it's fresh. It's yeah, fresh. there's they, something about like it. Like a, AMC <laughs> is like kind of st- not. I'm not just on. I'm sorry, I'm just on AMC not here. Me but it's a little stale. Sometimes, yeah, it feels like it's been there for a while. Yeah, and, and, and I like my popcorn. <laughs> I do too. You know, I, I miss that experience of the popcorn at the theater. You know, I miss it. 
you, you know, to be honest, too, I really appreciate the theaters uh, more when they opened them up for like the last, like, what was it, like, uh, I think it's September or what is it uh, when they opened them? Mm-hmm. And they were playing the old, like old movies as in Back to the Future, Jaws, and some other things, too. And I oh, went, right. Yeah. And I went to see Back to the Future for the first time in the movie theaters because I never saw that. I mean, I'm obviously I wasn't born yet when it came out, but I saw (laughs) I saw for the first time in the movie theater and it was a wonderful experience because not only was I finally watching with other people I don't know, but I I really heard the sound design for the first time and really took that Uh in more because like, yeah, yeah. And like, even like there's other parts of the movie that, you know, you laugh at or you don't laugh at and then people, other people are laughing at and like, Oh my God, this is actually funny. Now that I think about it, like, yeah, I, I, I never caught that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. never caught that. Like there's, there's I got to see back to the future in the theaters. Of <laughs> oh, there's, did you know, wait, let's see if you know this, but like the, if you listen to the sound design and back to the future, when him and Jennifer are sitting at the park bench, when she does the whole save the clock tower, like the Huey Lewis song is still playing in the background, but it's lower. And I can never, I never heard that in the, on the, like watching like the DVD or Blu-ray of it. I oh and I, I noticed that. that I noticed that I did not know yeah, that it's just wow. lower it's and it sounds like it's through the headphones and I'm like holy shit holy shit oh, like wow. and I'm having this holy shit moment the whole time and I'm like looking at my, I'm like oh my god oh my god this is awesome <laughs> I'm like wow oh my god I remember I was in a middle school yeah and I had uh, I had the Back to the Future soundtrack on on cassette yeah <laughs> I had the and I'm uh, yeah! Wow, I did not know that. That wow. Yeah. Like, and then here we have a couple songs in it. I think it's more than one. I just, but I think at least has two. Back uh, in time. Power of love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Power of love. Yeah. yeah. There's power of love and, and back in time. Yeah. So, yeah. That, yeah. Two good songs actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but even going back to the movie theater experience too, real quick. Also, is um, I think they're really banking it on like the James Bond and Ghostbusters because they push those movies back too as well. Right, yeah. So like next, like yeah. till, uh, you know, how p- I'm really pissed about the whole pushing back Ghostbusters thing. Like that's like the third time or fourth time now uh-huh. that they pushed it back and I'm like, I've been wanting to see this movie since I've heard it's coming out. And I'm like, God right. damn it, just fucking put it out. And that's where I started getting so like, it's going to be like, like Ghostbusters. Like, like, like yeah, uh, like real Ghostbusters. Yeah. It, it, like I just, I like, I'm like, just put, this is like the one time I like, just put that out on VOD. Like, God damn it! Like, I just want. That. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, I'm I waiting. I'm like, I, 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 I keep watching the slate of movies that are being released on on VOD. Um, you know, like the other Warner lineup, and yeah. I think, you know, I know I said Marvel. They haven't done it. They haven't said for sure yet that they're doing it with the with their the films like you know Black Widow or some of these. But yeah. I have a feeling they'll just on their They, you know what? I, I don't know because like the Mulan thing, the Mulan experiment. I don't know if that worked because like they kind right. of. Because the thing was like you you can buy Mulan right, but then again in December right. when it came out on DVD and fucking Blu-ray, it was also on like in December on for free. So like, what right. was the point of even like you can just wait to get it for free. Well, right, and that's even the thing with the movie and films that you can stream now. Anyway, you don't yeah. buy. I think that it's, it's taking away from people actually going to buy Blu-ray and DVDs now. Yeah. You, you, just, you can get everything now. You can get almost everything, almost first run. And even if it's not first run, you're going to get it a couple months later. Yeah, and, I mean, I still yeah, yeah. I still buy Blu-rays and DVDs and all that stuff because, like, uh, right. And the crazy thing is, like, I just saw another article recently, like about maybe a month, let's say a month ago. Be safe. Um, this mm-hmm. woman on Amazon. Like I guess bought a movie on Amazon, and mm-hmm. they took it off, 
and apparently she doesn't own the movie technically, just just for buying it. Oh wow! Oh man! Yeah. So I'm like, this yeah. is why physical copies are still needed. <laughs> right. I still try to like to buy physical copies, especially in the independent film community, because mm. I, I know that that goes into you know so much with the independent film community. Yeah. Especially with a lot of friends, people that have made films out in the area in Vegas, in LA. Yeah. And then, and then I do definitely try to buy uh, you know a, a a physical copy of it just for that because. I would like that game to film. <laughs> I think it's good karma to put that out there. I think, yeah. you know, I think that's one plus that is happening with the independent film community. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's so many, that VOD and so many options are out there that, yeah. again, they, oh, is that, well, probably a lot of these films wouldn't have been seen. Yeah, that's very true. You know, and, and that's, you know, yeah. and sometimes you can, Promote the, you know, yeah, you can stream them or you can promote some of those physical copies. There's films that I like that have bought physical copies that in the last year that are, I mean, I like the random movies. I love a lot. It's like a year, a couple of years ago, there's a film called um, Anna and the Apocalypse. And uh, it's actually a zombie Christmas musical. Oh, what a, what a combo. It's actually, actually really awesome. And I've never heard of it. Yeah. And, um, it didn't, it didn't, it was released. It didn't do real well in the theaters. Mm-hmm. But um, I saw it streaming and I liked it so much. I had to buy copies and give it to friends. And it's actually done really well in streaming and, 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 and selling copies. It, 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 it kind of has a great cult following now. And it, yeah. And it's, it's, it's actually really well done. And there's an independent film, it's original. It's done out of Britain. But it's actually a really cool film. You know, I was thinking back to that. I, yeah, that you know, I was a director of Evil Dead, the musical, on the script of course, you know, the zombie musical. This one's really great, and I see it. I would love to see that film actually transferred to stage too. It's just, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, again, for independent films, they're getting that right now. There's, there's so many possibilities as to where the film world's going to go. I, I'm excited. It's, I know this is going to change, but I think. I think there's so many artists and people involved right now, and so many things have come to light. I, I'm hoping, especially since 2021 and from forward, that I hope the positive changes. Mm. I hope that you know people start embracing supporting yeah. filmmakers and supporting other artists. I, you know, I, I hate that. You know, sometimes in, in any kind of yeah. art form or whatever, when you get artists that just want to see other artists, they they, they don't seem happy for other successes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I hope that I, we've had so much vitriol in the past, you know, yeah. few years that I'm hoping that people are tired of that, that now it's just supporting and seeing and, and you know, yeah. because I think it's needed. We, we need that. Yeah. We need artists. We need film. We need the arts. And yeah. If we're so busy trying to destroy ourselves or others around us, how do we grow? How do we get better in that? I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm feeling that, yeah, it's that time. I, yeah, I, 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 I see that in our in our community. The biggest, you know, yeah. people go and they, I miss the networking events. I miss that. Yeah. Um. But you know, those were always great fun to go to. But mm-hmm. you know, people go to their screening and films, and people that go and see her. I'll have friends out there that'll send me their short films. Really kind of. What's your opinion? Would you film yourself? You know, talking about this for our. our for promotion for you know yeah. yeah absolutely i mean i i again artists helping artists is such a great thing there's um i know there's a new thing happening in vegas this year 
called a 777 Film Challenge. I don't know if you've seen that on there. I, I have not heard about that yet. Well, it's, it's, and they just released it. And I'm pulling up on Facebook. I'll send it to you. Okay, so cool. It's done by Dot Films and Jeremy Settles out there. And what they're doing in this next um, year, and they after there's a deadline, they're going to take seven local Las Vegas directors. And each director can submit, you know, a kind of plan and proposal into the film. And they're going to offer this to seven directors out in Vegas, and they're going to fund their film, and it has to be a film, but they're going to fund them, make this film with only $7,000. Oh, wow. And they're going to provide them, again, if they have lights and mm. things that they could use for the second, you could utilize some of the things that got down for that. And each film, you know, will have its kind of, you know, kind of promotion programs, and when they pick the seven directors, one will film like in March, one will film yeah. like April, May, they give them deadlines and whatnot. Just, yeah. Um, um, put on sites that or places that you're working location could be you know would, would be at no cost or mm-hmm. you know we have actors that are submitting to be in these different projects so the directors can pick those and use their own mm-hmm. but at the end of it after the seven months of seven different films we have a festival and have these films um you know be shown and pick a winner that they will fund and try to put it out there for distribution and pick up the film you know so uh, i'm excited to see what directors can do yeah with that budget I mean, again, yeah, yeah, because so I've seen it. If you direct me, why for that? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I've been pushing that for a lot of people out there. I decided not to submit as a director mm. because I, I have a film I'm directing this year, but also just just seeing things like that during a couple of days that they're gonna you know, fund these projects and give these people this money. And I think a lot of filmmakers that you know don't get will be able to get seen doing this and that's kind of a great thing to this to see what people can do with that yeah almost that kind of 48 hour feel but the time and you know and editing and really some actual time put into the project a bigger deadline so yeah yeah but yeah with a decent deadline yeah but, but it gives them a little bit of time but they're not you know yeah yeah i'm excited to see progress of that they just Recently, added that or released that in a lot of the Las Vegas film pages in the past couple of weeks. Uh, I th- you know I and, might have, um, I might have perused by it. Like it might have been one of those refreshes on my Facebook feed that uh, right. that came up. So I might I might have saw it for a second and missed it. So I, I think I, it's called the Lucky Seven Film Challenge. And again, I, I knew when they were talking about yeah. it. And, you know, and you know, Jeremy Settles and a friend of mine, Ben Silver, yeah. out there, have put this together. And you know, they Ben would call me and. He asked my input, and I was like, wow, that's it. just sounds really great. I want to see. I think there's so many different filmmakers out there that, that we don't get to see a lot of. I, you know, I agree. Sort of funding or yep. finding support, or again, and I think this will highlight that because they're out there and there's really good filmmakers. That, and I've met so many, so many, so much great talent out yeah. there. Like, and I got that bringing desire. I had so many new people that auditioned that were, but that blew it out of the water. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's great to see that. Yeah. I want to see some new faces again and, and learning and growing. And you know, I, I'm excited to see what this challenge does. Uh, and this is actually a good transition, actually, into our second half of the show too, where we talk about the film community here. And you know, I, I like mm-hmm. to think about I, I like to have an open discussion about this, and and you know, I like Absolutely. the and it's the it's basically the strengths, weaknesses, and what can we do to get to the next level in the Vegas community? Because the thing right. is, a lot of people on the show mention the same shit 
And it's kind of funny. In the, funny in the sense of like, if people are mentioning the same shit, then why aren't we fixing these problems? So I'm right. I'm curious to what you think are the strengths and what you think are the weaknesses and what you think will go to the next level. We can get to the next level. And so let's start with the positives. What wow. do you think are some strengths? Wow, guys, the positives are that um, it, 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 it's unexpected out there. I didn't, you know, you, you know mm-hmm. the, the, the positives, I think, for the film community out there that coming from an outsider that got that joined up with the film community, it, it was very unexpected. And everyone, honestly, when you, when you jump in, a, a really, a 90, at least 99% of the community is very welcoming. Yeah. And if you if you want to work and you want to go in and again if you're if you're willing to put the work and I have never had any obstacles with people not being welcoming and, and helping I mean I you know I've gotten to progress quickly from yeah. jumping into film and, and getting threats and I owe that to the people that just allowed me and gave me those opportunities and took those chances on me I. I I, I, I'm beyond thankful to so many people out there yeah. because I've I, I learned from them. I still learn from them every time I'm on a set. I didn't feel like silly asking questions or mm. can I? Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of good opportunities for people out there. Paid opportunities. And yeah, I think sometimes it's just you put in the work, and you know, sometimes you're told no. Sometimes you don't get something. But there's another project. And, I did a few, you know, for free. Yeah. You know, I, I did that for just to, to, to earn my leg. Yeah. To get to that point, to get better. That's, you know, the community is great. The mixtures are great. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, go to different people, network. Yeah. It, it's not just a thing that, I guess, people think I need a network, you know. I probably have this vision of the film community where I would release all these feelings. ask you this a, lot, a, a big thing that people say on the show is that also the film community here is I, i'm gonna kind of go to a negative for a second or the weaknesses okay. is that the that the film community also is clicky as well where there's a lot of clicks in the sense of like where people are just gravitated to and like not like not many people right. are working all together do you feel that same way because you're i mean the way you're describing it to me is like it's everyone's helping everyone but other people see it the opposite way where they're seeing like yeah people help each other but at the same time they don't really help each other I get what you're saying. I uh, well, um, I guess that happens in almost again. This is as, as we were talking earlier. I'm mm. like, you know, sometimes I hate that artists that, that you know need to, it is imperative that we do support other artists. And yeah, that's you know sometimes the nature of the beast is that doesn't happen. And I think that happens in all art forms. I mean, 
growing up in the dance world, you know, it, it, it's competitive. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, someone gets the part that you, you wanted or, or they feel like, you know, you hear that, well, that's politics. And, you know, and, you know, you're like, that can happen anywhere. And, yeah. and it does happen. Anywhere. It does. I mean, I guess sometimes, you know, there is that nature of the business, but I think coming from another, well, what can I do to make that better? Again, if it becomes less about what, less about what is this doing for me? Well, how come I'm not doing it? It comes around like, you know, what can I do for others? Yeah. You know, I think if you go from that perspective, it, it can, it can change. It's not always a company that says, I, I get that. I know that. Mm. Unless you do that, again, yeah, it, I can see you know, where people that like it together, you have people that work together a lot, and, yeah. uh, and they're like, I want to be part of that. I haven't done enough. They don't think I'm talented. I don't, and I don't think people think that. Cause that it's not that they don't think you're not talented or you don't, they don't know you. Yeah, and, very true. What do you do to make sure they do know you? What do you do to make sure to make sure that, what do you do about that to, become yeah. that person when again that opportunity didn't work out and you may never get in with that but what about what are you doing about that and there are lots of ways and again it's that you know are you easy are you difficult are you honestly complaining about yeah. all these people and how it's like it and when you're bringing that you know uh, Okay, there we go. I think we're back. Oh, it, we, we are. I, like, did I lose him for a second? I'm like, did my phone go off? I was like, oh shit, what the fuck? That's okay. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I get that. I, yeah. You know, that's sadly human nature. Yeah. Do that. And again, I know we've recently had conversations, and, and when I and how we got this this uh, interview in the first place was, you know, sometimes you do have individuals that are out there that, you know, fortunately that you know that will prey on others and whatnot, and I think it's something we have to learn. I, you know, I think a lot has happened in the past few years, you mm. know, with just in society in general, you know, there's been so much vitriol. It's easy to get on that vitriol all of a sudden to be angry. Yeah. And we don't, it, 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 it's, you know, I, I'm not going to say I haven't been guilty. I've been guilty of that several times, especially in this last year. I mean, yeah. there's time when I was angry. My business is closed. I was very angry, mm-hmm. very angry about this stuff. And you feel helpless. I mean, what can I do about that? And trying to say even right now, Function a business. I'm functioning at less than fifty percent out here. Yeah, that, you know, and it's you know it's easy to be angry, and I've been angry a lot. I'm I'm a human being. Yeah, but again, it's that you know there has to be some kind of perseverance, and sometimes, and it's easier said than done to let go of being angry at these people and move on, and and you know, yeah, I, I, and, 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 and and people do make mistakes. So maybe a person needs to get along with or something. Yeah. Doesn't mean they don't can't change their mind or redeem themselves. I think that's one thing. People have, be, have become less forgiving. Someone makes a mistake, and, and you know that goes to the whole cancel culture aspect. They're canceled because they made one mistake ever in their lives. Or whatever. yeah, it's I, it's I, I crazy. Yeah, that that whole thing's yeah, kind of there's, insane. There's, yeah, there, I guess there's that balance. There's things that people shouldn't do, but often, often, sometimes people don't know, and that you know that, and if, if we're always so content that. I'm going to cancel it. We, we all have to get someone's not going to agree with or about, and they may piss somebody off, and they may not like this about the person. Yeah, about this personality. I'm, I know, I'm very guilty. I know the people that, mm-hmm. you know, I may be hard to take. I'm a lot, or you know, and if I'm angry, I'm, I'm angry. I'm, yeah. You know, 
I'm right. It just means that that's how I feel. And people being understanding of that makes that difference. It can't be perfect. And we're always angry because we're not getting this. What do we do about that? And it's okay to say, I'm upset. I'm angry about this. I feel it's like this. What do you do about that? Yeah. How can you change it? Get your own circle. Find people. You dive and you vibe with your tribe. Mm-hmm. Like word. You find people that are like you. Yeah. But like the things you do and, and you build from there. Again, I guess it's easier said than done, but if we're so busy being angry about it, whether, you know, it's not going to change. And yeah, I, but that's that human nature. It can be. I see that. Yeah. And I may not be the right look for something. I may be too this or something. Yeah, that's, that's part of the business. Yeah. You, know, you go, I think I, growing up and being involved in entertainment, whether it's ballet or theater, I'm used to that. You, mm-hmm. you already kind of, it becomes second nature of how to thrive in something. Again, going to the ballet world, it's really about glorifying the thing that right now we're currently with the burlesque world. Is, you know, getting involved with other people have done this for years. And yeah. it's going in and being open and respecting those that came before you. Respect, and, and that's the thing. I think it's getting respect. It's respect those in the positions that are in, whether they're, they've been doing it forever, and mm-hmm. wanna, or people that are new that respect them because they may not know something that, they're going in and wide-eyed, and I think every, when everyone gets involved in any art form, they're not going in to be vitriolic or to be the the, the shitter that ruins everything. They're, not, they're going in hoping the grandest things ever. Yeah. You know? yeah. And if that's not down, then, then with egos, egos will get in the way. I think, yeah. I mean, just respect, you know. They yeah. may not have the experience you do, or you may not have the experience they do. But respect that and know what, what the possibilities are. Mm-hmm. I think that will make a difference. I hope. I I think so too. I mean, I I I'm I'm as guilty as as with you as being angry and upset about things. And I've learned, especially in this time doing this whole podcast, to be more open and honest and about shit and like also being less angry and realizing sure. I, like and like I like I had the moment I think when doing this podcast is like I don't want to I want to help the community now. I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy who's like being angry at the community. And if people think I'm coming off as angry at the community, it's not. It's just right. the, the problems I'm seeing. I just want to have a voice in saying, "Hey, right. these are the things that are I'm seeing." I'm not trying to be an asshole about it. I'm just trying to be an honest, exactly. an honest asshole, I guess, about it. Right. Well, I mean, you know, like when we even agreed to do this yeah. interview, it came on from a posting, and yeah. again, it on someone that you had interviewed. Yep. And I know you got a lot of flack for that. And again. And even when I, I think I had commented on that, and I commented on that for this person, not really put them down for them to say, but to give them that opportunity, like, respond to this is yep. how people feel about you. What? If you know if this is how people feel about you, respond to that. And again, that doesn't make anyone right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I have my feelings about that whole situation. But it doesn't mean I may not be wrong about yeah. some of those either. But give people that opportunity to respond. I, yeah. You know? I, I and agree. Again, you, we, we, yeah, and, and that's all it is. And even after that, you may not agree with them. You may think they're the biggest, you know, a-hole ever. But at least they have, you get a little bit more of their perspective. Yeah. And and yeah. I, th- I think that person also doesn't really understand the podcast at all. Because right. it's, it's not about, like, your accolades. 
and you're fucking uh-huh. <laughs> all that shit. It's about here's my resume. Yeah, it's it's about you as a person. It's about you chasing mm. your dreams or chasing the frame, really. You know what I mean? Like plugging the show in a right. sense. It's about you giving advice, <laughs> no matter how much how much shit you've done in your life and where you are in your life. That someone who's listening to this show is going, oh shit, I was in the same boat as Ronnie at one time. I can right. I can kind of get what he went through. I kind of understand that. Or, oh shit, like I kind of want to quit acting or this film community, whatever it is. And they go, here's right. someone's podcast, and they go, no, I I I have a chance. This person's still doing it and still trying to do the chase their fucking dreams. I'm gonna exactly. be yeah. And that's the whole well, reason for this podcast. And you know what an incredible feeling it is when whether you we know it or not. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think ever ever since I've been in Bollywood, women, because you've had those people that made that difference for you whenever yeah. you were at, at any point in your career. I'm like, I remember when that person said that, and that made that a, a difference for me. That made me make a, a different choice, or that changed my life. I have yeah. people that I can look at that, that changed my life, my perspective mm-hmm. in this. I mean. And again, I've been involved in entertainment since, again, my first professional was 19, and yeah. that's going to be sort of 30 years ago now. Yeah. And I'm still involved in doing it. And, you know, I, I took breaks and whatnot. I never thought I'd get back. And it's because of those people, those voices that, 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 that have been out there and other yeah. artists and, that have said things and do things that have made that difference that make it worthwhile. And make yeah. it, yeah, we're going to have people that test that. It's, that's part of it. That is, it's mm-hmm. gonna test it. You know, it's not for you know, it's not for everybody. It's not. It's it, it, it's tough sometimes. It yeah, is. But, oh, it is. But again, it's. I I honestly believe that it's worth it. I I, I do. I think we need to like we need film. We need this community. Mm-hmm. We we need it out there. Whether some people think it's very frivolous that aren't involved, but but we're influencing their lives. They're watching these films. They're involved in. They may be laughing and they may think it's the worst one ever. They may think it it it, 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 it is, you know, this yeah. cheesy joke. But even that at, at the moment, that's yeah. a that's a, an emotion that made them feel something. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that, that we have that kind of influence in this kind of medium that so many people that it can touch and be seen by, oh. and it can make that difference to that that person who doubts themselves. Like I want to do that. Yeah, you know, it, it can make that difference. Anything like if anyone listening, I just want one person to make a difference in one person's fucking life. That's all it really like, exactly. That's all it is, really. I don't get and, like, and it sounds it's, so yeah, prosaic. It sounds like, oh, these are the things you say, that, but you know, I that mentality to me is that it's a say it's a say for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they are I'm like you know, because it, it may sound a little prosaic to say, I just want to make an influence on other people, but actually listen to the words and say it, yeah. And who wouldn't want to feel that way? Who wouldn't want to actually like make a difference and be inspiring and mm-hmm. you know make more other find other people that are that have something in common with you that can connect them. Yeah. And we all long for connection, and I think we have forgotten that. Yeah. And, and I hopefully we can bring that back, especially after the last few years. I think it's hey, we need to start connecting as, as people as humans. Again, yeah. like you were saying, about the dreams, it's taking those dreams. It's, it's, it is. And other people know what that feeling is like. They, they're chasing dreams as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. We, we can get a whole 
subject about this too. <laughs> it's it's a it's a, right? it's 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 just insane. Like, but like going, let's go back to the strengths. So, so what other strengths do you see in this community? What have you what have you what have you also seen? There's a lot of talent, a lot of untapped mm. talent. Again, of, of all ages. And yeah. it's, it's again, yeah, I've seen like children to you know mm. people that are 60s, 70s, 80s out there. There again, there's just a lot of raw yeah. talent. And okay. I'm like, again, with, on that negative aspect of that, again, if it's nothing, nothing negative ever about talent, but <laughs> I think, <laughs> but I think sometimes is kind of disciplining and honing the talent, working on it. I think very many people would like to have this, that people should be in class. Yeah. And people should be working on their craft. And I agree. Yeah. Often, often I've seen, again, and there's nothing, I love the Vegas community. I do. Yeah. And now I've been on a few sets, and now in pre-production, I get to see a lot of video submissions and, and auditions, and you learn which ones are better, you know. Yeah. But just kind of small things that make a difference, I think. I find that odd when actors don't show up to a callback off book. It, 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 well, the, the, <laughs> the Vegas actors, I think, get a bad rep also. There's something I always say on the podcast. If you take a pie graph and you, uh-huh. and you like, Cut that right. I say like about eighty five percent now. It used to be a little higher, but eighty five or eighty eighty five percent of the actors that are here just say they're actors, and then you have a good fifteen to twenty percent now that are actually trying to reach that craft and really hone that craft right. in. And exactly, I could be wrong with that number. I don't really get like I, it's just my general assumption. Yeah, right. How would we find? That? Yeah, I, I I agree with that. that yeah. again, if say you're an actor, you can just, again again it. Even I don't know. I for me, for me, it's it's really respecting training and 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 training. Even when I I plan to train on everything I do as an artist my entire life. I don't think we ever stop. And it's, I think it's important to this. You know, I, I'm because I'm I still take ballet class. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh man, I still take. You know, like well, not right now. As there is a, <laughs> but I've actually been taking some Zoom classes with you know actual dancers. Just mm. to, it's those things that. It says to me, you always, I don't know, it's just, you always have to work. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to get better at what they do? Is my thing. You don't get better unless yeah. you do it. Yeah, and, and you can't I, get better unless you do that. <laughs> yeah, if you're always at that point, like, no, I, I'm there, I don't need to work in it. I don't think, I, I wonder who is the actor, performer, artist who thinks that I'm already there, I don't need to take any kind of time. Well, it's 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 the actors and performers that I feel like that do the whole like let me just get on set and do a whole bunch of social media posts and that really uh, like that irks my gr- that irks my skin because I get that I'm I not that. I'm not I'm not fucking here to do social media posts like ninety percent of the time I'm here to fucking work and make something fucking right. awesome. Pardon my French. Right, like, like, <laughs> like me. I'm a bar owner. I may have heard, of, you know, yeah. <laughs> some language every now and then. Yeah, I mean, this is but, not a blue fucking podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I think those are some of the things that are kind of you know take us into social media. But there's so many pluses, but there are many minuses with it too. That yeah. you know, they have your information so quickly, but it becomes about: am I a social media present? Yeah. Or am I actually working on my craft? Am I, you know, hey. If that's what you are as a social media presence and that then you do that you make make sure you're really great at it. Yeah, right. You know, if it's just like look at me, I'm on set, I'm smiling in some set. <laughs> I'm smiling in front of I'm with this actor because I'm on set with them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, cool. And that's yeah. cool. So your friends with you, oh that's our yeah, that's oh yay. But yeah. Are you actually working at this? And <laughs> I get what you're saying. I mean, yes, we all you 
know, I think there's that striving for many other people to be seen and noticed. But you being seen and noticed because Veronica that area, what, what do they think of your work? Or what are you working on? And again, that's, uh, maybe that changes with, with, with age or time with people, if possibly. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, yeah, I mean, but um, I get what you're saying. Is that, you know, sometimes there are great things about social media for promotion and it's, you know, there's a a lot of free advertising and stuff. I, I utilize it. I, I see for my boy. I utilize it for when I'm working on projects. And you yeah. know, it's, it's that that presence of like, yay, life is. I'm having this really cool life and yeah. and cool stuff. And, and it's just because of that. Look at me. You know, that makes us look at me. Yeah. It's all about look at me isn't for, for lack of better words. Or, no, again. It, it, I think that can change. You're you're on those things, but you're thanking the people that have got you these opportunities. I think that makes that difference when everyone wants a little bit about acknowledgement. Yeah. People are easy to, uh, they, they have wronged them. I'm so happy I'm on this set, I'm getting to do this, and if it weren't for so-and-so, I wouldn't be the, how lucky am I to get to do this? And people really, if they're doing it, saying something from that place of how lucky they get to be that and how other people have helped them get there. Yeah. Maybe that makes a difference. I don't know. I ah. mean, I, yeah. You still be there working. If you have time to be taking pictures of yourself and selfies on instead of one or or even going to an audition, yeah. you have time to get off look at an audition <laughs> That that should be more important than am I off am I off look? Am I prepared with this yeah. audition? Am I prepared at, at work? Am I prepared on set? If you're not prepared and you're busy taking selfies, but then then there's an issue. Yeah, I mean you should be killing it first before you take selfies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That should be secondary. It should be the primary reason you're yeah. there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god. I'm here to do a good job, but I know my stuff and the yeah, but like, oh, hold on, I'll be there in a second. I mean if you take this picture of myself and you know, where are we if you're not involved? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that would be <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to be that guy. No, that one really, that one hurts the fuck out of me. Yeah, and I'm probably going to say, hey, I would try, I would try to say something. Especially if I was directing an actor that was doing that, I would probably wouldn't be too happy about that. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Yeah. social media thing is like if you're going to work on something also too like if you're working on a project don't post anything till after the project's done like you can take the you might take the pictures but don't post it right away that's my whole right. fucking thing too it's like yeah right yeah like because then you're or, then or you're like, blowing up the spot of everyone on the movie and you're trying like to like you know i mean i get it, it's promotional but like as soon yeah. as that movie's wrapped that then you can fucking post all the social media you want of it but again, exactly. I, i'm also i'm also guilty of this too because i've just posted something today that i shot saturday but you know uh -huh. what I mean so oh, yeah. I, I, I'm not gonna I've probably done that yeah I mean yeah I think to me it gets to me sometimes when you say something and they're posting while they're filming but you're like well shouldn't that 
said, or that character or that creature be like a surprise, and now I see it already. So <laughs> that's when I get like, yeah, when that becomes that, like, we saw the entire set that yeah. somebody, you know, the entire ins and outs of it to take away from that movie magic. Yes. That yes. movie magic. That wonderment of it where you're like, oh, what is that? How do they do that? You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, hmm. What other, uh, any other strengths that you have for the Vegas community? Oh, gosh. I mean, there, I mean again, I, there, there are lots. Again, I, I, I wouldn't keep going that way. I mean, I've made really, again, personal and great friends out there that I, yeah, that have been, that I still get to be friends. And when, when, if you do a good job and people think you're doing a good job, you know, you, and you're easy to work with, mm-hmm. then you tend to work, you tend to work a lot. Yeah. And that, and that I think that makes that difference. I, then I, thrown in and just doing things I didn't know how to you know how to have a reel made or, mm-hmm. or you know what things that and again it was never an issue asking people and yeah and again and, and and you take those things to heart and you do that work again I, it's what job is led to another to another to another again. yeah at it comes from being that presence on set and you're Again, it, it, it's that if you if you're constantly griping that other people are, are are getting the opportunities you're not, then that's thing. It is also something that I think what helps me too is I never forget where I come from, mm. and and I, it's kind of something I even do that as, as a bar owner. Like that, I know that I just started in this community a few yeah. years ago, so I know there's still a lot that I'm absolutely willing to learn. That I never think that as each success or project comes that I'm like, oh, I'm getting to do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm still very respectful and ask other people their opinions about how how do I go about doing this? I want this to be this and asking that advice and, and respecting those that have done it before me that know I do it because there are, there are many that know more, much more about this industry than I do. Mm. I, and I know that. Yeah. And I think, again, it's still giving that, that respect to them. So I think that's good. Right. I, I look at, I, I do that, knowing where you come from, being, having some humility, being humble. Yeah, you got to you know? yeah. Again, as, as we're talking about, you know, having these interviews and whatnot of your starting resume, look at me, this is what I've done. Yeah. Like, there's no humility in that. I, as a bar owner, I, I have this conversation sometimes really with those random customers yeah. and, and clientele that comes in. If I'm in town and my bars are on Christmas Eve, when my employees get up and I tend to work with yeah. there. I remember being that guy when I was kids living in New York City and going to places and they had a family there and I'd go to these places. I was happy to have a place open on Christmas Eve or people yeah. eat that. that. As I tell people, I'm old bar track. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in the best way. I'm not above my muggle job and what I do. I am. It's one of my proudest accomplishments to do that. Yeah. I have a business, and I come from that, and it's a, it's a dive bar, and, it's, mm. and, and the community and people that come in, that they're important, and you know, and it, it's that place, and I'm not, I'm, I don't always do that guy. Yeah. I, you know, people ask, well, you know, I, I love having this, because it, it keeps me real as a person. Mm. Everybody 
that that humility and I think that happens a lot in in Vegas that there's so many people that have other jobs and other things and other things they do that they're not above it. Yeah. And yeah, and that that makes it cool. I think you get better personal connections that we're just all human beings. We happen to be involved in this industry in whatever shape or form we are and we get to, it is really cool some of the things we get to do. Yeah. It's actually sometimes something yeah, this is really kind of cool. And not get complacent about it. I think very often when people are in the, in the community are doing a film one or two or three and they get to that place where, oh, and they start griping about the set or the community or the film that in. Do they realize how many people in different outfits that would love to be in this field filming a film that even if it's a micro budget, they got paid, yeah. you know, minimally that day. But it's really in a film that's going to be seen by this. There's so many people out there that would just love to have that opportunity just one time. Yeah. And I think we should get that. I think if, I, if we don't ever lose sight of that, because yeah. we, sometimes we get to do things that other people have only dreamed of doing. I, I agree with and that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's really cool sometimes to stop and actually enjoy it. It's easy to drunk about okay, um, the craft services weren't that great. Or, I don't like the way the director did this scene. I don't think this film is going to be this. Oh, this is going to be, you know, when people are like, no, oh, this is a low-budget film. It's probably going to be this. How much do we need to get to the Yeah. Even down to the first time you jump into a 48-hour film festival. Yeah. I remember my brother. I was, I was so excited to get involved with that. And, and not forgetting, I think I've seen that happen a lot with some of our communities that once they start getting films and whatnot, that they're above doing these 48 hour film festivals, these lesser, they're above them. Like, mm. I don't ever want to be that guy. I, I always want to be not above doing that. And I'm yeah. like, why would I do that? I'm thankful for when I've gotten to do these things. If it weren't for those things, I yeah. wouldn't have gotten these other opportunities. But not forgetting that, not forgetting where we come from. Yeah. Yes, you go to class and do these things, and those are great, and you're honing it and improving your craft. And yes, you should own and be proud of that. But don't forget where you came from, where it all started. Because when you start, then hey, I create, I create those series, I create that clickage that I guess people are having issues with, and or, or see it that way. It seems like they are. I can't be seen with these. You're just doing this. No, I'm. Yeah. I, I, I never want to be that guy. I want to be because. That wasn't done to me, or at least I yeah. don't think it was. If it was, I'd have been oblivious, but I just, I just kind of jumped in, had a first kid. Yeah. I was given those checkers. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, wh- now, we're at, going next to the weaknesses, is there any other weaknesses you would like to, that you see? Oh, yes. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, not, nothing that sticks out again. It'd be it's easy to just criticize any guy, just any kind of weaknesses. I just you know mm. I was just, I want I I just wish there were more of our filmmakers out there being seen that aren't like that's again yeah that comes from the that's the whole question. There's a lot of unseen talent out there, a lot of filmmakers that you know. I agree. Go to go to different communities. Go and see people's different stuff. Go and do that. I think spread the word. Get you know because I often too I think. If we don't start seeing other filmmakers and other stuff, it's stifles like our own um, creation too. When we're making something, just using the same person all the time, and like, 
and they may be great. Something. But maybe this other person is doing this. And like, oh, I can. It is finding. Yeah. That I think that that could be. I mean, things more more spread. More people will be interested. Something. If, that, if that's the negative thing. I think. I think to also uh, ask you as well. This. This. I've been kind of coming up with this theory in a sense. Maybe I'm, I'm completely wrong, but I feel like what I've been seeing a lot is a lot of the productions that come to Vegas, they bring people from mm-hmm. outside here. And I don't think the oh, Vegas, yeah. and I don't think the Vegas talent pool is, you know, being utilized. And I think that's right. where, like you're saying, no one's getting, no one's really being seen and you're not giving right. people the chances crew wise, actor wise, especially, I mean, not just crew, but like even actor things too. It's like, actors. yeah, like, you know, it, I always find this crazy. It's like, you know, I mean, I know nothing really about SAG and shit like that, but like, they're right. always, you know, what about like, what like, people need to accept, like the thing is people like can't really do SAG roles, but at the same time, mm-hmm. like, cause they don't, they can't get into a SAG performance cause they need to be SAG apparently. Or they, like, you know, there's it's a whole like bunch of, it's yeah. a catch 22, but like, how can yeah. someone be noticed? Like and like they have to take these like seen. unpaid things or like low paid things, right. and you know we can't you can't really have a SAG fucking film for that. You you know what I mean? Because I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's right. it's just it's just inc- in, insane. I think the well, I I I think that even crosses over to like I said when you're starting in the film community, yeah. and you get like I said a little small. How do you build a reel if you have nothing to build a reel with? Yeah, even and and that I re- I remember thinking that way. <laughs> I get it, but sometimes it is doing these smaller projects, like the forty-eight hours. They just mm. get that footage, get it, and they go to some of the classwork and classes there. Do actually help take things for you when I see you get those and so you get those, and you know, yeah. Again, they're like, well, they may not have a lot. That's expensive. It's just, I get that too. Sometimes it, it might be a financial situation yeah. as well. But um, yeah. I mean, how do we even that out? How do we do that? If you have the answer to that, I'd like to know too. Yeah, I, I don't have an answer to that. I wish I did. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe. I, I, I see that. That's, that's a negative. Yeah, spreading that around again. But also, too, I think getting involved in crews and getting involved in something sometimes it is free work. But yeah. again, then you start to see, you know, I know have made several bad mistakes auditioning for films when I first started. And I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I never thought I was four. Or the, or, you know, 
in a 48-hour film. Yeah. In a super low-budget film out there that's filming for, you know, a, a, a few thousand dollars or, or, or even some that are filming for like a $500 film. You may, uh, they may just feed you with that day as an actor. Yeah. But you may want to be on set and do this. And, and posting, again, I think it's taking that initiative I don't have all the all the they just you know from my perspective that I'm trying to do it. I've made mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even make many more. <laughs> but knowing that and again it's not being afraid to ask. I don't, again I I don't know. I I, I wish I had the answer how to even the playing field and I do have seen these projects like that seven 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 project that's mm-hmm. really great to do I maybe think that's a great idea. Maybe there needs to be some kind of, you know, we have these film community yeah. um, groups on Facebook. It, those film community groups, though, I, I feel like those film community groups, though, are like, they they have a lot of people, but they, no one talks on those things. Right. They're only on there like, oh, there's an audition. I, I'm, I'm going to submit. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but... I'm guilty of it. I post the podcast there because I want people to listen. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe that's it. Listening. Maybe these podcasts make that difference as well. Yeah. I mean, this is, will be the, um, in the last year, the third podcast I've done. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, feel special. I did one that was for actually the Burlesque community. Yeah. You know, as a traveling performer, I did that in the summer. And then I did one for about. Yeah, in November, it was done by, it highlighted women in field film mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and utilizing women. I mean, so, to be the first, again, I think sometimes getting it out there. Yeah. What is our, our school is, as we were talking about earlier, it's not so much of, look at me, look at me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that, what about me is, and what about me is, it's that, this is who I am as a person, what I'm going through. I'm hoping that. I'm not the only one that goes through these things. And, yeah. You know, we, we, we've all gone through some of these things. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've all felt like, I mean, this isn't for me. We've all felt, you know, we all have that feeling every now and then that maybe I'm not, I'm not getting everything for the things that I thought I would be, or I don't know how to do this. Is it because I'm not? We all have those things out. I know we do. I yeah. And I think sometimes hearing it, that, you're not the only person that feels that way. That you're not the, you're not alone. Again, I think we're missing that human connection. And as you say, in those voices that are in kind of this kind of discussion. So I'm hoping that these podcasts make a difference. But then again, it's it's also people as well. It's also people. What, I, I, you broke up for a second. I couldn't hear you. But well, I think it is. It's people do these podcasts. But it's also people taking the time. Yeah. Besides the one, this is mine. It's just, I, I, well, I, I listen to other, you know, mm-hmm. people that are interviewed in these podcasts, and I'm, you know, that makes that difference. Again, like you picked a very controversial figure earlier in the mm-hmm. year, but people actually responded because they knew. Did, I wonder if they listened. Yeah, that's a good yeah. question. I mean, I know a few people who did, and they turned it off right. within like ten minutes. And uh, <laughs> I saw that. And, and, yes, they, they took the time, but that person did generate some kind of response, whether yeah. it was negative or whatnot. But I, people did take the time to listen to it. They well, they turned out the comments on the fa- on the Facebook group on the Nevada Film Alliance, I think. 
I, I saw that. I was I like, wow, I finally, I finally, I finally got somewhere in life. <laughs> but, it, but, but yeah, they turned out the comments and let people, and that was my thing on that. Let him respond to this. Yeah. He, to he, he also deserves the right to defend himself. He does. Whether people agree with it or not, with him or not. Yeah. He has a, he does, at least as a human being, get to at least have the right to respond to those, those, you know, but, comments. Whether they're accusatory. Or again, I, I think it doesn't need to get to the point where people are just name calling. This is my, I think this is what you. This is what you have said, or what I think you've done. What's finished? What do you have to say about that? Yeah. And again, he may, you know, take it to heart. He may become this yellow or start. He, he may be people down. I don't know. I, I'm not that person. But again, he does deserve. But he, again, there's that whole thing with social media. People. Want to keep it? I get that. Let's keep it positive, but there needs to be sometimes tough discussions. Yeah, to be these tough discussions. I and um, yeah. I mean, it's it's again. You're you're right. You put that on there, and everybody started commenting. They had they had a strong opinion about it. Yeah, and you're like, well, finally, I know people at least listened to part of it. Yeah, it's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, wow. Yeah. It's here. It exists. Instead of, instead of the, the million likes, I like that person because they're my friend. I'm going to like this podcast, but yeah. they never actually listen to it. I, I mean, I understand <laughs> these podcasts are long and drawn out. Right. Know, not drawn out, but like they're just long and uh, nice conversation. And I like doing that. And and the thing is, too, when people like – I never thought of it like where you have to listen to it in one full setting. Like you can literally listen to the podcast in chunks. Like how I listen to exactly. I listen to, I listen to one podcast. It's a six hour podcast. It's a wrestling podcast. I admit it, I'm a wrestling right. fan, but like mm-hmm. I listen to it thirty minutes to work, thirty minutes back to my house, thirty minutes like every day oh, nice. until I finish. So like I'll oh, nice. so I I figure I know how to chunk it out. Like and that's what I do with these podcasts. Like I don't want people to sit here like and listen if they want to listen to the whole thing in one fell swoop. Right. Great, but exactly. piece piecemeal. Well, I I have that plus that whenever I'm back and forth and traveling between here and yeah. Vegas or. I go to, as a traveling performer too. I do. I go to you know a lot of different cities, and I, I drive usually. I yeah. like I like having my vehicle. <laughs> but um, that's when I listen to a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. because you know you have that. And it again, it's enriching your own art form. You're, you're learning. Yeah. Whether you agree with what you're hearing or not, you're just like you know you're learning. It, yeah. Yeah, you are learning, and and it's, I mean, you know, and again, you can break it up into increments like you're saying. It's just yeah, wow. Something during a two-hour conversation is going to be of some interest to you if you're involved in that that particular community that this podcast is about. Yeah, something should be able, should be speaking to you. Yeah, and if you're wondering why some of these things happen, like I said, well, we go back to so what people find negative about the community, but there are these questions. These things are discussed and not addressed, and if you can't discuss them on social media. And listen to these podcasts and these questions are answered, mm-hmm. and you may have your opinions on it. But at least you're hearing someone else's viewpoint on it that you may not have, and with a different perspective, you may agree with their perspective. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I think. Yeah. Or I didn't think of it that way. Okay. And, and well, and, uh, well, I still don't agree. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually like I'm open to people telling me like, no, you're you're wrong, and like right. I want I would like to know the other side of the coin. Like I, I I'm not gonna be like. Oh, I'm always right. You know, I, I want to know what, like, I well, want, that's, that's why I ask these questions. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. Who, who wants to be always right? I don't. No, right. I know I'm not always right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know. And I, even when I, even when I'm arguing to point with somebody, I'm like, 
I may not be right, I may not, but mm. tell me why I'm not, or change my opinion on this. Yeah. This is what I think, and I don't know if it's right. I'm not saying it, but just, I don't know. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that, that makes a difference. You know, yeah, you're going to argue about something diligently, but I think people are always coming into an argument thinking they're right. Right doesn't always mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah, sometimes you don't want to be right. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't want to be right at all on my show. I want to be wrong. I want to be proved wrong. That's my thing. Like, right. Especially when we get to this challenge. whole second half. Yeah, challenge me, and I want to challenge, challenge back. Yeah. Yeah, challenge not not to the point of victory, but challenge. Oh, yeah. And again, it's. Yeah, I, I think people have forgotten that disagreeing doesn't make you an enemy. Yeah. It, it's and, it, and, and uh, yeah. Disagreeing that doesn't make you an enemy at all. I have friends and people that I disagree with so many things, and, and I know that is reciprocal. And and it's funny. It make to, me their enemy. Talking about the disagreeing and stuff like that, like something I see as a, a weakness or a, a, you know in Vegas is that people can't take constructive criticism here. Oh yeah, that's correct. <laughs> and and that I've happens. I've seen it because I've I've you know I I'm like. If you tell someone something, they won't answer you back, or they won't like they'll get all butthurt about something. It's like I'm just telling you what mm-hmm. I see. It's like just my opinion, but I'm giving you. Right. I, I'm, if I say like that was shit, and I don't give you a reason, that's being an asshole. But if I give you, if say that right. was shit because of this, this A, B, C, and D, I'm giving you right. my opinion about it, and I'm explaining right. what I saw through my eyes. And it's like, well, yeah. And to me, that comes from again having grown up and 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 worked in theater yep. in, in live performance. Yeah. After every rehearsal, what are you given? You're given notes. Critiques, yeah. You're given notes, and they're going to tell you what they want, what they didn't like, what they like, and you take and what and what is the best thing to do? As, 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 often you have actors that argue back with directors during that. I, you remember like just take the note. <laughs> take the note, and you know I've been in productions that yeah. that's happened. You're like, oh my gosh, just take the note. That's, that's why we're here. Just shut the fuck just, up. Take the goddamn note. Like. Take the fucking note. <laughs> and I think. People, I think that helps me in this community system. Like, no, I'm when I'm giving a note, or I, 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 I've also been on that reverse aspect. When you're that actor performer and the director gives you no note, and I'm not promoting what, what's wrong with me. How come I'm, I, yeah. I don't even qualify to get a note? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not more that they can't even give me notes. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I love getting this. Like, I want to know what I can do to make this yes. better. Yes, and that's possible quality, and again, that knowing that I, I, when I said my last film was my first film, and um, bringing in my DP and the people and telling them, you I, know, this is my first film. If I'm doing something wrong, or tell me if I'm not communicating, tell me because I want to make sure I am, and I'm learning this too, and I see yeah. this, this way, and this is what I want to do, but. If I'm doing it wrong or something, that tell me. I I, 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 I want to know if I'm doing it correctly or what works. I want to know. <laughs> yes, I think this is gonna be a bold statement on this podcast right now, but I'm gonna say it like this. But I think people who ask those questions and want to do better and are asking like, "What can I do to improve?" are the ones right. that are gonna go further in this industry. The I one, agree. And and yeah, <laughs> that might be a bold statement. People might not like what I'm saying, but it's the fucking <laughs> truth. I think right there. Right. I mean, granted, there are certain there are times when people it, there is a bit of that. And sometimes there's a little luck mixed in there. It happens. It, yeah. That is part of luck and circumstance. 
yes, that those things do happen. Yes, they but do. I, I come from that same feeling of, of that same mentality. Of them. You put work and you, you do work hard, work smart. Yep. You know, that it it I, I believe it'll make the difference. And you know, I I think it's done that for me in every other aspect that I've worked in. Mm. I, 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 I believe that. Again, I, I believe in working in working in class. I, I wouldn't have been a ballet dancer if I wouldn't have gone to class. Yeah. It wouldn't, I wouldn't have had gotten to do those things had I not put that work in. So I know from that experience what that hard work did result in. So I come from that mentality. And often, though, too, you're in that position, you want to put that mentality and pass that way of thinking to other people you're working with and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and you if your job as a director as a producer sometimes you is to find the way to communicate things with your different again you get that as a box working in a bar people that you have to find ways to communicate if it doesn't work the first time then let's try this way i mean often too you know it could be a personality type and that person just isn't receptive to me giving them notes and you know that yeah like you know, no matter what you like, a better word, fucking say to them, they're just, they're not going to say. Anything. Yeah, yeah, but probably someone you're probably not going to work well with later on, or or at least during that time and whatever the circumstances or issues are. Mm-hmm. But if they're coming from that place, then we just want to do the best work possible and under a deadline and and keep it in budget because this is someone else's money. You know, those yeah. are all those other things that do go in. Sometimes you may be short, you may be a little turbid. You're also under a lot of pressure when it is someone else's money that are thousands upon thousands. <laughs> That's true too. Yeah, I need to get this done because I I want I I do we have to, I'm doing this for them. I don't want to waste their money. Yeah. I don't like my money. Mm-hmm. I don't want you know who, who does. But again, just, yeah, it's like it goes to that old adage we were talking about. Later. Take the fucking note. Take it. <laughs> you don't have to read it, but at least do it and, and move on. Yeah. And, and see what you can do if you're already up in arms because you got a note and they didn't get your vision or see what you're seeing or see what you're doing. Yeah. Think of why. Yeah. And and you also know again this often people will be like, well, they're targeting taking on me. That might be but at the same time, what can you do about that? What can you mm-hmm. do to change that? There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it's uh it is a lot um uh, also i mean it's kind of funny because we're kind of going through strengths weaknesses and like even we're kind of talking about things that we can do to improve the community and that that's also another thing is there anything else that you think that can improve the community or get to this community to the next level as well something i like to say is that to break the vegas glass ceiling of films it has to uh-huh. be a more serious piece I, I agree with that. And as much as I love the horror films and all that stuff, and I'm not trying right. to like downplay anyone's uh, movies nope. or anything like that, but really the the heart and soul of something that's going to come out in Vegas and get Vegas to that next level is a very serious piece, I think, personally. Right. Like, it's, it's funny. You saying that reminds me of a question that a friend asked me. He goes, what do you think about the Vegas movie? What is, what's the issue with a lot of independent films? Mm-hmm. Why don't they get the respect or whatnot? That they, they deserve what you know. People working hard and doing this. I'm like, well, they need to make better films. Yeah, they need to make better. And again, I'm not putting down horror. When and again, I know a lot of these are done because they're an easy sell and they're to turn that profit. Yeah, so I, I get some of that aspect, of it, and I do. Yeah, I'm like, but I'm like, well, with basic storytelling, 
Well, again, that that that's free. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I one thing we could do to film on Don and Jason, the first one, Rain Desire, is a kind of like it's more of like a romantic thriller. It's, yeah. You know, you know, originally that's the script. I, there's a lot of issues I had with the script, and, and so like if this is the script I'm going to take, this is what I'm given. I will. This is how you want it, but I think I could do a better job. Let me talk to the writer, and I want to do the best job yeah. possible. So my thing was going through the script and giving it purpose, giving those characters. There's a reason they're there. Yeah. I mean, the original premise of this film was there's a bunch of people that go to this cabin, you know, the guy and his wife and his sister and the girlfriend, blah, 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 and they find this magic ring that they put on and, and make them have really incredible sex. So what's the problem? <laughs> there had to be reasons. There had to be consequences. They gave it a darker twist. And, and again, I also came from the thing. I'm like, oh, it's just written to this to be some kind of skin. It's like, you know, it's one of those, it wasn't bad. And in fact, I know we've released this in the desire. There is no actual, you do have to ever see any actual nudity in Ring of Desire. It would make you think you do, but it doesn't happen. Nice. And I wanted to come with the artistic, give it purpose, give yeah. the characters a reason, and art, you know, and something for the actors to work with instead mm. of just. It could be any dose now showing up. It, there's still be quality in the work. You know, right now, even with this horror film that I've been given, the, the Jazz Club, I've I've been speaking with the writer before we release the script. I'm like, well, I need to do again. Just coming from that theater background, there has to be purpose. There has to yeah. be a reason why these people are in this situation and consequences, yep. and something for these characters to have. You know, I, you know. Again, it's that basic attitude of taking on it, taking. You know, it's that there has to be a reason that their motivation, the purpose, yeah. just the basic things that you study when you're studying scenes. What is your objective? What are, you, what are they there for? What is the arc and beginning from the beginning to end for this character? What is their journey? And if you know that and that's conveyed and given to your act, I think it creates better work. I, I, I totally agree. And that's, I think, also why I'm more partial to East Coast cinema than Hollywood cinema, in a sense. Right. Because it, it does it does come from a little more it's not set up to be pretty and glossy. It's yeah, set up to be it's real. real. These are real people. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, um, I get that. And again, uh, living on the heaven, lived on the east coast. It, yeah, it, it is that juxtaposition. And yeah, it is. I also I also understand that often too. You're like, well, this is my way to get in. Uh, yeah, it, it, they always think about that when people make these films. You have these huge stars, and when they first started the film, they're like, "Oh my gosh, I was in this." Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And these things are like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that." That teen rock comedy, or this one that they were, you know, that were, you know, that they don't really own up to afterward later. But I think that often is these are films that are made to, to a lot of films are made just to create a small profit margin, whether yeah. it's. You know, through through whether it's through funding that they get their um, their campaigns, they're just there to make a film to create jobs, and mm. hey, that's what it is. But I think the answer to make is we just got to start making better films. It's not always about the huge budget to create all these special effects with, with bad acting, yeah, but, or smaller budgets with where the acting has been rehearsed and again that's one thing too i mean coming from theater and dance you rehearse yeah <laughs> very often you go on films but they never even did the, they never rehearsed the scene. oh my god <laughs> i mean it, it it's just so insane it's like you know fucking goddamn people rehearse rehearse well, and, 
Well, again, and then the, how do they know what the director wants? And the directors already have already kind of, you know, verbalized that to them. And you can't do that unless you've rehearsed the scene and worked it with your director. Well, like, that's the theater thing. Uh, uh, you want to make sure. This is your read through. Get. I need this to you. This is what this scene needs to do. The, you know? Yeah. I mean, to quote someone on the podcast, uh, a good friend, Adia Bell, she said, there's too many directors, not enough storytellers in Vegas. And I, I and I totally agree with that. And that's... I, <laughs> everyone wants to be a director again, and have that fucking fame, you know, but again, it's not, or that fortune, they, or the fame and fortune, but it's about the hard work and, again, like we said. Right. But yeah, again, I don't want to be the director that's known again, and there's nothing against any other director. Yeah. Everyone has their own reason. For me, I don't want to be the director that's known for. for <clears throat> well, they had a really great costume and they hired really great looking people. Yeah. I want to be like, no, what he did with these actors, I mean, I want them, for me, if their performances are noticed and, then, and are, are what people are going to send and the story that's being told is conveyed convincingly, then that is my job as a director. Mm-hmm. Again, yes, you can have these there's some directors that are creating beautiful cinematic experiences yeah. and, they're, and they're beautiful to watch. And then it's, someone opens their mouth and this, ten minute, this three minute scene feels like it's 30. Yep. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, you're like, oh man, get through that. <laughs> that uh, that's not how you would react. That's not how a person would actually say that. You and actually you, fall you asleep it. watching it, and then you wake up and yeah, you're still in the same like, scene. I mean, it, like, it, it, it was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, and other times they're they're qualities that they're great at, and often too, sometimes too. I think sometimes with directors too, mm-hmm. they direct it so they do that, but they may not be involved with the editing and the in the post work and. Because often too, they got to really make sure that they're working with that editor and one of the knows and and document that. This is where going with the crew, having a script supervisor or people that are documenting all your shots and whatnot, and your best stuff. Document that so that when they are editing, it's easy to get through, and they're getting what you want to, as your vision as a director. When you watch something or put your things, do it when yeah. you're on set. Be organized on that because that will make I think that difference to get the quality. That you want, but sit there with the editor. It's yeah. tedious. It's yeah. work, I, I but, see. and they're going to want things that you're going to pick things that they're going to. But this looks going to be like, yeah, but I need sometimes like I need that one yeah. second pause there. I, I need I, that, you know, it, or, or even sometimes when you're doing a, uh, in editing, you're doing a fade to black or the cross fade. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes a difference in your pacing yeah. and, and the the feeling of it, your film. That some of that stuff, it, it's very important. It, it's, it, it can it can totally break the thing that you were talking. Uh, you got that emotional thing, and then black out or fade to black. Like, that shouldn't be that. Yeah, it I, takes away from it. Yeah. I, oh my god, you got me thinking now because like something that annoys me is like one a director not being involved in his own film post production annoys the the shit out of me. Because again, a director in Hollywood is given ten weeks for a director's cut to do a director's cut mm-hmm. of the film, right? Uh, right. From what I read, but like a right. a director not doing that is pure laziness and pure like they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Maybe don't be a director, and that's just me being blunt about it. Two, the editor is an asshole for not if the editor is not communicating with the director or sending him dailies right. on a regular and like getting exactly. notes, then then don't hire that editor ever again because. I, as exactly. as someone who edits as well as shoots, like I'm going right. to communicate with my clients as much as possible. And, exactly. and get all the things correct for what they want. Well, and I will suggest and, things when, when there needs to be suggested. 
Well, and that's when you that's when you get other work. Yeah. When you are that person that I'm like, that's how I'm communicating that way. How do you start to get other work? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, again, it, that I know maybe the yeah, as you were saying, like, the director that's doing that is not consulting with it. When, when they're finished directing the film, the principal's talking, and then they're done. You're like, yeah. I don't, I, I don't think I do that. Yeah. <laughs> At least not yet. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, no, I. I had I directed one film and I was hands on with the editing. I mean, completely. You yeah. know, the film before, like the when I got to direct those scenes and whatnot, I had nothing to do with the editing. And and I watched that film. I'm like, when yeah. I was directing those scenes, which I wasn't really supposed to be directing. Those yeah. I didn't, you know, have nothing to do with the editing. It was just okay, this is so. And I watched it going, oh, that means this. And you learn that. You yeah. learn that. It, I wasn't the actual director of that film, so whatever was communicated on that, whether, whether they had their notes or not, it came from a different, that director's specific vision. I directed those things, but I had nothing. I, I didn't get to sit with the editing. And I saw the product of, the product of that. And, you know, I was like, I wanted to make sure when I agreed to, you know, and I was given the film and the director, I said, I do want to be, I wanted to pick the editor. <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I got to. And I also wanted to be I'm like hands on with that editor. Like I wanted, you know. But we also made sure that editor received a, a book, a a, a, a every how a, a script supervised book online with every thought, every note that was easy and manual and, and very easy to get to. Yes. That they could find exactly what they're looking for. It was it was you know, and that made it quicker. Again, I I. I'm an advocate for you know having a strong crew and being and doing those things. It makes the world so much easier in post. It makes that difference when you organize on set like that. It does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh my gosh! And yeah, I, I'm you know, and I, I'm so thankful for people that taught me to do that. Again, I think they knew how my mind works. This is how I I like to do things. I have to say there's a there's a method to this. There's a way that this can be made to do this. So let's do that. Mm-hmm. Instead of, we filmed this, here's all the footage, and having someone just start doing this random footage and pick what they think I couldn't have done that. Yeah. Know what footage is. Know what it takes. <laughs> know your take. You, uh, highlight your take with the best take. You know, find, oh, there was a mistake here. There was a dog barking. But all those notes. And, you know, I think often, too, you, you learn these things, you know, getting your room tone. I had been on this where they didn't know to take, mm-hmm. um, you know, your first sound, your room tone at the end of it, you know, for you're like, oh, whoa, 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 let's make sure we do that. Cause yeah. <laughs> often you see a lot of independent films where you hear that. Those, so yes. I always think sound problems are always one of the biggest things in a lot of independent You know what? It, it is, that. actually, especially for first-time directors and first-time filmmakers. It's a huge thing. Like, people don't realize, like, 70% of your film is sound. Exactly, yeah. And, and again, I've had people that I learned that from. Yep. Like, because you hear that. How I explain it to people, again, is that, they didn't know that. They didn't work that again. I, I, I mean, these are things that watching films of the past I would notice, but I didn't mm-hmm. know what I was noticing. I didn't know what yeah what it was that was making it make it making it less less of quality to me. I didn't understand. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that, that, that's what it is. It's, yeah, sound is important. Yeah. I mean, it's super important. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> often I watch a film and I'm like, oh, dang it. But I think I would like this, but it's, it, it, it sounds so much cheap. Yeah. 
it was a, it, it makes it, 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 it she changes the film so oh, yeah. much and the sound is not done well. You get everything else to be spot on and it just sounds off. It just completely cheapens your entire film. It makes it seem like even it, it lower budget than it made. Even if the sounds kind of like spot on in a sense, but not mixed properly, that's even worse. Right. Oh. <laughs> the, the best example I had somebody give gave, give me one time about independent films or making films in general mm. is I'm like, you don't want it to look or sound like porn. Yeah. Porn doesn't want to look or sound like porn either. Porn has progressed so much in like right. some of the in shootings the that they've done. Like, uh-huh. I mean, I'm sounding like a porn act right now, but like, no, if, no, if, if you've seen like some, there's some high high class porn life. shit. Like, like they're shooting with Aries and Reds now in porn. Yeah, it's, exactly. <laughs> That's my point. And like, porn doesn't even want to look like porn. Yeah, right? That's yeah. Right. No, okay. and, no. We can talk about. I'm a I'm a burlesque performer. Yeah, <laughs> we we talk about porn and sex. <laughs> it's fine. But that's what I'm saying though. Yeah, porn doesn't even want to look like porn. And, and that's the somebody forgot who it was like in the past couple of years. Somebody gave me that example. My that totally makes sense. It, it makes, makes it, it does make sense. Yeah, like, porn doesn't even want to sound like porn. Yeah. we know what dads want. <laughs> Porn sounds and looks like. I mean, at least we've read about it. Somebody told us about porn sounds and looks like. Oh, shit. Yeah, no one's going to believe that. So, Ronnie, we're getting towards the end of the podcast. I have two questions. Two last questions for you. The first to last question, the penultimate, I think that's the correct term. The penultimate question is. Would you like to give your social media away? Would I what? Like to give your social media out there. Oh, get my social media. You can find me on um, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're doing? Give me my, my, my Facebook is Ronnie Lloyd Nanos on Facebook. Put me on there. Um, IMDb, same name, Ronnie Lloyd Nanos. Mm-hmm. And um, I use my actual name in my Instagram and, and Twitter. There you go. <laughs> easy. 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 <laughs> and, and, but also do my... Um, my Facebook and Instagram. I also have you know, it's listed in my IMDb. Mm. I do go by a stage performer in the community. I am Christmal Holiday. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. and, and, and pull it up, put my name up, you'll find me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last question is, you've been dropping nuggets all day on this podcast. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What's that last golden nugget, though, you want to give to the people listening out there? Okay, last golden nugget. <laughs> oh man, I guess it was again. This is the first podcast that I did drop it earlier, but I just you see this it's that we are ready to film our second film this year. It is in the works. I've already hired our composer and we're working with it hiring our DP the next mm-hmm. day. So we'll be auditioning Death um club in Las Vegas and it will be open auditions. And again I I do make sure that we are, we will probably, if we can do them live there, we will be doing them at Dotcom. They also take video submissions. And I, they are open auditions. If you never audition or film, submit. If you, if you have auditions, don't submit. I do like seeing the talent and I, I, I we are fair with auditions. I, I like the game completely fair. I, it's open to mm, all race, gender, you know, yeah. however you identify. Just, if you feel like you can do something and be part of this film, there there are roles that are o- open, and that's my biggest nugget. I'm excited. Again, this has been in the today they actually released it online, so that is the biggest thing on my mind today. That 
yeah, I'm excited, especially after this last year, to be able to come back. And that is my biggest nugget. Yeah, we will be having, holding auditions for Death Club in Las Vegas late May or early June. So people keep out watching with us. And I would love to have so many new people come in. Yeah. Well, folks, yeah. You, you heard it right there. Death Club is going to be casting soon. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, you have a chance. All positions are paid. Oh, there you go. Even better. Even better. And hopefully by uh, the time you're listening to this too, uh, Ring of Desire is out. And you can Yay. see Ring of Desire. So let's hope. Yeah. Let's, let's Tomorrow, we're hoping to premiere. Yeah. Ring of Desire. I don't know. And, um, Hopefully, we're looking at April. Sweet. At late March or April, depending on the state of the world. state of the world at that time. We'll get screened in Las Vegas. Well, again, we're keeping those fingers crossed, and hopefully it will it will all happen, and we'll get to see it. So thank you again, Ronnie. It was a pleasure. Awesome. To- thank you, it, it was a pleasure getting to know you, talking to you, sitting down virtually hopefully next time we can do another podcast in person next time and that'd be awesome uh that'd be great yeah and uh guys remember to subscribe to the podcast we're on spotify overcast TuneIn radio anchor apple podcast stitcher google podcast iHeartRadio, pandora you name it we're probably on it so if you look for us anywhere just type in chasing the frame chasing the frame yes and you'll find us somewhere uh, again guys i can't do this without my frame chasers i'm trying to bring knowledge to all you listeners out there and i hope you're gaining some great valuable information and learning something from it because we all have a story and we all go through things at the same time or at different times something i said earlier in the podcast so i hope you guys were listening and i hope you got uh, p- hope the people on the show keep inspiring you to chase those frames also guys join our facebook group i made a facebook group like called frame chasers so check it out join it and You'll have awesome content, hopefully, in there from everyone. I want everyone to share content, open open notes to everyone. No one, no one be upset about what notes are given. Like honesty is the best policy in that group. Um, so again, guys, thank you again. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. Have a great year. Hopefully, we'll catch you next time on Chasing the Frame. See ya. Peace. Let's go. This is the Chasing the Frame podcast, where we interview people in the TV and film industry, talking about their journey, how they got to where they are today. We do this podcast for the frame chasers. This is for those in the film industry, going hard, let them know who we are. Frame chasers, we're, we're not chasing the fame, no.